Well, Brent, uh, we're yes. back again to a wonderful show, doing a wonderful movie from our, our childhood. I'm very excited to talk about E.T. with you today. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, uh, I think we're going to address this. We've, we've kind of talked about it, and we've written some social media posts. Uh, this is not a cancellation uh, thing. I don't know where I'm headed with this. But uh, essentially, Woo! we had yeah. a, <laughs> uh, an episode of ours was canceled on us by our computers. Not, not fun. <laughs> yes. And right. uh, we will be getting back to discussing Barbarians soon. We just already mm -hmm. had things in the pipeline. We've been recording kind of out of order to have things ready. So we had E.T. on the docket. We wanted to get to it. So here we are. But uh, with that, on that episode, our lost episode that no one will ever hear, unfortunately, because of all the audio glitches on that Barbarian episode, uh, I had brought up something I'd recently purchased. And it actually kind of works out better today, I feel. Okay, because I uh, I go to Half Price Books, which is a kind of a chain bookstore here in the states uh, that I love to go to, and you can buy obviously a lot of books that are really cool, albums, comic books, uh, but they have movies, and I've been going lately to get a bunch of Blu-rays. I've been trying to uh, watch Blu-rays more, and then obviously I'm into 3D Blu-rays, and they have a bunch uh, up there sometimes. So I've been looking for those. But the other day, I found a whole new segment segment of the store, a section of the store that I was so excited to find. And I wanted these just to grace the presence of my uh, my bookshelves behind me and my office here that we record this podcast. And it works so much better today because instead of getting Blu-rays, instead of getting DVDs, I got VHS tapes, baby. VHS. VHS, the... Video uh, Heimlich system. System. The video Heimlich mm -hmm. system. If you see someone choking in a restaurant, you walk up to them, you hand them a, a VHS of Congo. <laughs> you just... Jack it in their throat. Just, just right. punch them in the in the chest as as hard mm -hmm. as you can, and they might live. Yeah, that could that could work for you if they do come back to life and they're laying on the ground, just like trying to catch their breath or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's when you take your hands, you cup them, you put them at the entrance of their butt. Oh, and say, "Be kind, rewind." Oh, good. wink. Mm -hmm. Wait, is the wink you or their butt? Uh huh. Either. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, I mean, if you do it right. <laughs> Both? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a butterfly kiss with your eyelashes. Is, yeah. <laughs> Man, butterfly tape kisses. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, it's perfect today because the VHS tapes that I decided on that day, for $3, by the way, very, very excited about these finds, was uh, mm -hmm. original copies of Jurassic Park, directed yes. by Steven Spielberg, who did E.T., obviously, and then Twister what? from the producers of Jurassic Park, Amblin Entertainment. Oh my God. So here we are. I got the, these amazing VHS copies. I get them up on my, my shelf now, and I love to look at them. They're amazing. I'm so glad I had them. I don't know why. I used to have these. I should have just kept them. I'm really bad about yeah. keeping old technologies, and uh, I like to go through them and then just discard them, apparently. But uh, I'm excited well, about these I now. Mean, yeah, as you like, kind of get older and new um, forms of entertainment become available and you upgrade from a VHS right. player to a DVD player up through a Blu-ray player, etc. You're like, what am I going to do with these VHS tapes? What am I... What would be the point? They're, they're just taking up space. I'm, right. I don't have any way to watch these again. Let me go ahead and, you know, throw them in a tire fire in our backyard. Yeah, I mean, like, the typical so, American, you know, have that tire fire going all year. So might as well mm -hmm. just throw these in there and just burn that plastic as well. No big deal. Might as well. I mean, man, if, if you ain't never been to the South before, and you ain't never experienced a tire fire... What are you doing with your life, dude? There are two things we do in the South, right? Biscuits and tire fires. We're all out of tire fires. Wait, we're all out of biscuits? We're all... Either way... Man, we ain't never out of biscuits, dude. <laughs> hey, man, we ain't never out of biscuits. 
I would have loved it when uh, Andy Preller, uh, our German friend, mm, Andy Preller, indeed. did his tour of America, and except for me, uh, he came through right, right. Uh, what, like in 2017, Snubbed 2018, you. something like yeah. that. If he would have come through and you're like, dude, you got to see this. And you just like take him to your backyard, show him like a barrel <laughs> with tires in it already on fire. I feel like it was kind of that way a little bit. It was kind of yeah. like um, showing someone something and then being like, I'm not that proud of this, but you came here to see it. So mm-hmm. like, welcome to suburbia. sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember driving them around and being like, these are our really long streets that we have to drive very far to get from place to place. Right. You know, here's a lot of flat land with a theater on Mm -hmm. it. Uh, We got rid of all the trees, obviously. Um, There's sugar in our bread. Welcome. You know, (laughs) that was kind of the gist of it. So, yeah, it was pretty good. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm glad to have these uh, VHS copies of my life again, as you said. There was yeah. no point uh, at a certain a certain point in my life. I'm not going to watch these. The quality, you know, wasn't as good as DVD and then Blu-ray eventually. And I'm kind of glad mm-hmm. I didn't have my whole collection of VHS tapes to move around everywhere I've been since then. And uh, really all of my my physical collection for a while that way. But uh, I am glad that I'm, I'm getting back up there. And uh, yeah. I'm curious what else I might find. I'm going to go back to Half Price Books tomorrow as well. See wow, what else okay. I can find uh, just for mm-hmm. funsies. So maybe I'll come back and I'll have... They have a huge selection of those like Disney clamshell cases, like the... They're like, like more expensive. These were like three dollars. I think they're like ten dollars. So oh my god, they're in the vault. This this inflation. I'm sorry. This Biden inflation oh, has wow. got to fucking stop. Okay, I can't argue with that. Um, uh, excuse me, half price book owner. I would like one copy of the Rescuers Down <laughs> Under, please, but at three dollars, <laughs> not ten. They don't bargain. At Half Price Books, you can go, that's the whole point. They You sell your used stuff, and then they resell it. And mm-hmm. I've done it when I've gone to sell stuff there. And I when I'm there and people are selling it, it's almost every single customer is like, they're like, oh, okay, we're going to take these 20 books, and here's $3.21. Do you, do you want that in store credit? And people are like, <laughs> $3 for 20 things? And they're like, yeah, we also won't take these other 30 you brought in. We will throw them away. Did you want them back? And people are always like, give, yeah, give me my $3, please. Like, everybody takes <laughs> yeah. it. Everybody argues. Everybody takes it. Of course. And they're like, it's yeah. it's our fucking game, man. That's how we succeed. succeed so, What if you uh, trade in all of that stuff, and then instead of, like, even asking you if you want your $3, they just, like, hand you a VHS copy of <laughs> of Twister. <laughs> like, and there you go. There you have this Be on one. your way. They're like, well, you can uh, they point- pay us more to get Rescues Down Under if you want. <laughs> Oh, shit. I won't do it. <laughs> then they point to a sign that says all sales final. And you're like, oh, that is got true. me again. Yeah. Well, maybe they, yeah, maybe you can bring it back. I don't know. But they would probably stop me. They, uh, somebody has to. Ooh, what if they did this? What if they, like, you trade in all that stuff. They hand you a VHS copy of the movie, the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Cell. And mm-hmm. then they point to a sign that says all sales final, but it's spelled C-E-L-L-S. <laughs> Yeah, you've been there. They have that sign. I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. I never understood it before I tried to buy that movie, though, you know. I mean, that movie will become a part of your life whether you want it to or not, you know. Apparently, I've seen it. Have you ever seen that movie? A long time ago, yeah. Vincent D'Onofri is in that, right? It's really weird. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of crazy visuals. I'd like to get back to that someday, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not opposed uh, to it. 
if you went with me, if you if you mm-hmm. were looking for a VHS tape, is there any that you would pick up? Like I I, I shocked myself. I wasn't going for these, but now I'm kind of yeah. obsessed. Would you uh, Would you do any of that for nostalgia? Well. It's it's hard to say. Uh, number one, I, I do like the VHS tape. It's like an artifact, uh, something that you can just like stand up in the middle of a table and it's just there, right. you know, like it, it just looks good. And it's like three dimensional. I know like a Blu-ray right, right. No, uh, fall case. Over. It, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's three dimensional as well, but it just doesn't have that look to it. Like if right. you hold up the uh, the twister uh vhs tape again uh, it, just, it just looks so nice Ooh. and crisp the the black on the top goes right. all the way up to the 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 very top where the logo is it's just mm-hmm. ah, it just looks good it does it's like a good. well well taken care of uh vhs tape you got there it's it's a nice uh it's it's near mint kaddish which yeah. is nice mm-hmm. i think mint would have been four dollars so i'm glad i got it for three <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i will say too on the back the uh the writing for like this story I don't know if you can see that. It's it's in the mm. shape of a twister. Oh my god! And I, don't, I don't know if that follows through on the Blu-ray release, but I also feel like there's something about not just the three D three dimensional aspects of a VHS. Mm. It is the uh, the form factor I, I particularly like. It's like something I was so used to. We had we had VHS for like a decade, and then it was like we had DVDs for a long time. But like mm-hmm. Blu-rays came like HDVD, Blu-ray, like all this other stuff kind of came out. I feel like there's something about this that I just really like that that tall skinny shape. You know? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a little thicker. That's good. It's two good. C's. <laughs> a little bit thick. It's a thick bitty. Absolutely, it just turned thick thirty, dude. Hey, hey. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, That's like if I look. if I had to get one, I would probably seek out a uh, uh, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, VHS. Hell yeah. It, oh, if hell only yeah. to because like I don't have any way to play the tape. You know, right. I, I I'm honestly not even sure the movie is on the tape. It could be. Like you never checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it could be like, uh, like someone's sex tape. They just recorded over the church, you know? Right. But, um, I would take that and, you know, just set it up amongst all my other bullshit in my, my office right. here. And, uh, whenever someone came over, I'd be like, do you know about the pizza hut baseball song? <laughs> it's at the beginning of this right here. Just like Did tap you at it. Come with a VCR. We can watch uh-huh. it. We watch it right now. It's on YouTube, but if you have a VHS, right. I'd much rather do that. That's, that's, that's an amazing thing. It's like it's, there's mm-hmm. something about physical qualities like that and amazing old commercials that you remember yeah. throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good call, though. Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. Uh, best I can do for you. Ninja Turtles three turtles in time. Ooh. And it's four dollars. What do you say? Oh, my God. Four dollars. Yeah. One for each a, turtle. Right. It's a dollar free. They couldn't go less because of um, streaming rights. That makes sense. VHS you know streaming what? rights. God damn it. It makes sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like in Twister, it's $3 because they had to pay uh, Bill Paxton, um, Helen Hunt, and the Tornado, obviously. Right. Of course. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And then in Jurassic Park, they had to to pay um, uh, Sam Neill. He got, mm-hmm. he got 50 cents. Uh, Laura Dern got 25 cents. That's fucked up. Uh, wow. Jeff Goldblum got a full dollar. What? And then the rest of it is spread between, um, is it, what's the T-Rex's name? Bertha? Does she have a name? Uh, Candace. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's kind of surprising. Would you take Candace out on a date, Brent? Oh my God, I would treat her so well, Steven. I bet you would. Oh my God. If you could date a dinosaur, man, you'd probably date a dinosaur. Oh my God. Right? I never thought about it, but I mean, no, it's all (laughs) I can think about. (laughs) You like dark-skinned girls? You like scaly girls? 
<laughs> She's kind of perfect for you. <laughs> She's still smarter than me, though. <laughs> she can open doors. You cannot. Oh, my God. Perfect that's all I need. Yeah. It's amazing. Do you know how many times I've been locked inside of a Baskin Robbins? <laughs> just waiting for my dino princess to come save me. I, that's a great commercial, like a crossover with them. I imagine like you're oh, yeah. like stuck in there. You've been trying to get out. Nobody will help you. And that her mm-hmm. fucking eye comes down mm-hmm. and everybody else gets scared. And you're like, ah, Candace, thanks, babe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, oh, my <laughs> Click, God. opens the door. <laughs> yeah. You get on her back and ride her home, man. And then yeah. she, you get home and she rides you home. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Hey. Hell yeah, dude. Everybody wins. <laughs> man, this show's off wow. the rails. Hell yeah. Fucking love it. You ready to get into it? I suppose so. We're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where, as we've said, today we are discussing the wonderful Steven Spielberg's 1982's, I don't know, that was a bunch of, well, this was a weird sentence. I'm going to start that over. Today, we're reviewing E.T., 1982's Steven Spielberg classic. There we go. Nailed it. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we didn't discuss off air if we had some mini topics. I might have a few things I dis- could discuss. Did you have anything you wanted to discuss today? I know um, we do have a, a yeah. food thing as well, which is cool, but I didn't yes. know how you want to do the order of this. Why don't we uh, save the food thing for uh, the, Ooh, the main topic? Yeah, uh, whenever we get there in that discussion. Get excited, um, everybody. Hell yeah. People are like just frothing in the mouth like, oh shit, what could it be? I, we always do that and like, but then we post it days later. We're like, well, yeah. all that's just out there. Immediately everybody knows. But mm-hmm. uh, we try to keep it secret. So you guys just have to wait and see. Oh my God. They'll We're never sassy. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a, a couple of things I could discuss. Oh, perfect. Um, and you've got a, a couple of things on your yeah, end as well? I bet I do. Okay. Do you want to start us off then? Oh, God. I you want to wanna fucking list. start us off then? You're so smart. Oh, whoa, whoa. Look at Stephen Fisher over here oh. opening doors, <laughs> not locking himself inside of an ice cream store overnight. Listen, it's, uh, it's what best friends are for. It is uh, one friend gets stuck uh, in a store mm-hmm. trying to date his dinosaur. One guy gets stuck in a store <laughs> trying to date his dinosaur. Wow. I just slipped into that. I apologize to everybody involved. But mm-hmm. uh, and the other one, you know, is there whenever you need a hug. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm trying to get up to my watched list so uh, that Steven, I can mention some things real quick while you're oh, doing please. that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think after a night of rough sex, I would be dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I imagine that's how actually she picked you up, Candace. <laughs> she she saw you at a park. And she, mm-hmm. you were on a park bench, and, and she, she came up and sat next to you, and she said, hey, you want to be out of sore in the morning? <laughs> I have an alternate. <laughs> of course, please. In, in, in that park, she uh, flies down from the sky. She's every type of dinosaur, evidently, because uh-huh. it, it all works, you know. But she flies down from the sky, lands on the park bench next to me, puts her, like, winged arm around me, says, giraffe or mine? <laughs> And I'm like, sick, you know, just to complete the word. Okay, okay, Jurassic, I got one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got okay, one. okay. <laughs> Audience, take a break. We found a thing we like. It's going to be this for the next 18 minutes. Okay. She comes up to you and she says, hey, stud, 
Have you been to the museum to look at any dinosaur bones? I got 216, but I need one more. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Man, all the dinosaur sex jokes are coming out today. Oh, my God. It's about time, you know? I think so, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Just great. Um, what I'm trying to do is stall for time because uh, I'm trying to mention a podcast and uh, oh, okay. I can't remember the movies involved and I just looked it up and I can't find them. <laughs> okay. um, do you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, do that. And I'll, I'll, okay. I'll look it up and see what I can find. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about The Firm from 1993. Oh, interesting uh, choice. A, a, a loyal movie. Not quite so them, but might as well be. Mm-hmm. Featuring Thomas Cruise as a, a lawyer guy. Uh, my wife mm-hmm. was, uh, she's part of a book club and she was reading, uh, slash listening to an audiobook on the firm, uh, for her discussion. And, uh, you know, kind of as she got through that, we decided, you know what, let's go ahead and watch the movie. So yeah. I don't respect books in any way, shape or form. Totally. So I, uh, we, we found it on, I think it was on HBO max, which is potentially just called max at this point. Who fucking knows? Right. I don't have control over it. I do think the logo looks like a Pepsi drink though. So. There we go. That's and that there. says a lot because we don't like Pepsi here. That, that says a lot. It's everything you need to know. What right if there. RC came out of that? Like Max plummeted in value so much that RC bought them and it oh became like God. the biggest fucking streaming service ever. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking everybody. Oh my God. That's awesome. Man, crazy. First they had those little cars you could control with a remote oh. and now this. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but yeah, so we, we watched The Firm. It's a, it's a, a lawyer movie. It's about Tom Cruise. He, uh, he, I think he starts on the East Coast, but then goes mm. to Tennessee or something like that. Right. And it's like a Southern kind of movie. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, not a single mint julep inside, though. Yeah, which that's, is, you that's know, a shame. Points against it. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know what the movie was about. I just knew it involved law shit, uh, oh, cool. which I, I like. Um but yeah, there's uh, quite a few twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman is in it, he's which great. I thought was awesome. Uh, I hear he's not pleasant to work with. Uh, oh, okay, most of the time. But I don't know that he's necessarily problematic. Uh, right. I was gonna say, yeah. What level though? Is he just a jerk on set? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe he's just a dick. But uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think that's just part of his process or whatever. It but seems it kind, kind of, of accurate over. for him. Yeah, yeah I don't know a little why. bit. Right. I could see that. He seems cantankerous. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Your you can take or mine. No, it doesn't quite work. All right. <laughs> I like the effort, though. I like the effort. That's Thank good. you. That's good. Yeah. Uh, there's barely any at all. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a lot of twists and turns to it. Um, uh, it's It's been like a month and a half since I've watched this movie, so I wish I had more to say about it. Have you seen The Firm? Uh, not a long time, but yeah, that's one of my old kind of Tom Cruise. Um, is it, Did you say, is it like a Tom Clancy or uh, John? I think it's like John Grisham. There's I like think a certain. So, yeah kind of movie from the 90s there was like a bunch of those uh and it's one of the yeah one of those that kind of fits in that mold and uh we haven't seen it in a while but yeah i liked i liked it last time i saw it i'm curious that you had just seen it now though i've i saw it like a long time ago not when it came Mm -hmm. out because i was too young like it didn't matter to me as a kid that kind of movie Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i remember liking it what did you guys think uh i liked it as well Uh, Mm -hmm. i think my wife did also uh, she said that the order of things happening in the book were uh, it, it just happens at a different pace, right. you know. You've you've got a book, you've got I don't know, uh, twelve pages or something. I don't know. Do I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know, dude. Uh, but things happen more um, slowly in the book because right. there's you know you have to fill uh, so many different 
pages with uh, words and information oh, I like and how all you that said bullshit. You have to fill. I like you it have to. <laughs> you can yeah. fill out so much more. No, story. I don't think so. <laughs> and you're no, like, I feel like it's it's just a bunch of filler. <laughs> I when uh, John Grissom sat down at his typewriter, he's like, "Let's get to filling," and it starts tapping, tap, 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 tap. Doesn't um, even matter what he, what comes out. Right? Doesn't doesn't matter. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, you immediately. Any editor worth their salt is immediately going to excise the first 600 pages. Just oh wow. How long do you? So we've had 12 pages and and 600 to excise. So there's more after that. So there's a wide range in books that you've seen. Yeah, there's a 13th page, and that's the one that says the end. And that's more (laughs) question mark. It's just a link to the movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) in a paper book. But uh, but yeah, like she said that the the overall story was kind of generally the same, though mm-hmm. things happened in maybe different sequences, and it took a lot longer for Tom Cruise's character uh, T Firm to get to a certain <laughs> point in the story. I guess uh-huh, I sure. Know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like overall, it was enjoyable. I I, I really do like uh, movies involving law stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's a cool it, genre. Yeah, it's it's very specific because like you're like watching essentially two sides battle it out in a courtroom, but right. they're not throwing fists. They're just like having to be as smart as possible and uh, just use their words instead of uh, their fists, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah I, uh, I was looking it up, too, because it's like there's so many good people involved. It's directed by Sidney Pollack. It's a screenplay by Robert Town and a few other people. Uh, Jean Triplehorn is in it. Fucking love her. She's, oh, she's like- the wife. I like her the first two times I saw her, but the the third time I saw oh, Triple yeah. Horn, too much. Oh, it's mm-hmm. the triple. Yeah. Listen, she could have been part horn, of her band. Okay. <laughs> Double Horn, better. Triple Horn, not too for me. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love uh, like a good courtroom drama. There's just something about it that's nice. And uh, John Grisham stuff, I've, I think I've read a few or tried a few. I think Amanda, my wife, is as well. But um, uh, he just had, like I said, like in the 90s, he just had like a bunch of st- stuff come out and it was great. And, um, like, A Time to Kill is also a really great, like, courtroom movie. Uh, I'm trying to look. Oh, The Pelican Brief is one of my very favorite movies. Also, the courtroom kind of thing. Uh, very great. The Client, The Rainmaker. Fucking did awesome, Did you ever man. see the sequel movie to The Pelican Brief? Mm, I don't know. Did I? The Pelican Boxers? <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen the, the, the third one? No. Uh, Pelican Boxer Briefs starring Gene Triplehorn, of course. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's like an Avengers of right. the uh, Pelican <laughs> underwear saga. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can get into that. That's, that's a uh, yeah. Gene Quadruple Horn. So, oh, yeah, wow. you're down for that. Yeah. Excellent, man. Mm-hmm. She's really got it going on. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, what? So it was your wife's book club? Is that what you said? She yes. Started? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what got you guys to watch that. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd actually would, would check that out any kind of time. That's that's kind of a, a th- that type of movie. Sometimes it's just good like a rainy Sunday afternoon. I yeah. watch that kind of movie, you know? What's funny about it is Wilford Brimley is in it. Oh, but yeah. he's like an enforcer guy. Like he's he's the oh, heavy. That's right. He is. Yeah. He's like the yeah. muscle. For like I was like, I was so excited when I saw him. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I started like <laughs> excitedly pointing at the TV. I was like, oh, oh, that's diabetes. <laughs> but uh, it is so funny to see him like fighting, fist fighting Tom Cruise. That's like as they're like chasing each other through whatever city they're in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was good. It was uh, just an overall good movie. I see why it has such. Um, it's been like well regarded over time. I feel 
Yeah, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Uh, I, I'm looking here, too, that The Pelican Brief was one of two films of John Grisham's that came out based on his properties uh, in 1993. Both The Firm and The Pelican Brief came out in 1993. So oh, wow. when I say that there's an era for that, yeah, there most definitely is. And uh, 1993 is capitalized for it so that's great nice hell yeah uh, very cool well uh, did you have another one you want me to go to my next one G- go ahead perfect i found my podcast i was looking for uh it was just that i don't have my phone with me that's how i listen to podcasts i don't have anything set up on my ipad and i was like mm-hmm. i literally don't know how to get to what i'm looking for uh for the titles of these movies so um i was gardening the other day i posted some photos if anybody saw them on the mm-hmm. instagrams you can follow me and uh and and follow some whatever I, I posted some cool garden photos i just have a lot of wildlife right now which is great do you want to go ahead and drop your instagram oh uh, no, i started to do. yeah but i was like i don't really want to though okay. if you want to find <laughs> okay. me i'm out there <laughs> Okay, and by Steven, out there, it's in our show notes. For as long as I've known Stephen, and he's had an Instagram, it's it's had the default like picture as his. I don't photo. have a picture out there. <laughs> no, I honestly uh, don't even pay attention. To it's it, just yeah. like a light gray background with like a bright white, uh, right, right, like head on there it's just well it's so funny to me for me so i'm okay uh-huh. with it yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh you're right i uh i remember actually whenever amanda first got on instagram like years and years ago right like it's been a mm-hmm. thing for a long time now but uh when she first got on and it, it was started to like really really blow up to what it is and then you know facebook bought it and all that kind of stuff uh i was like oh yeah i've had an instagram account for like years at that point i had never used it i'd had one like when it very first came out and it was not mm-hmm. a cool thing uh, I, I had it cause it was part of an app on the iPhone that you could take retro photos and they had oh, like yeah. a, a full separate app for that. And I loved mm-hmm. that app. And then they were like, Oh, you can upload them to our new website. And I was like, fuck off. And then years <laughs> later they became this, like it obviously was growing the whole time. But uh, anyway, I've had that, that profile stay that way for fucking ever. And I'm like, at this point, people know me as that white blank face amongst the, the gray background i don't want to change that i don't want to scare people you know right, what I'm saying? yeah mm-hmm. so uh anyway i was gardening the other day posted those photos on the on the instagrams and uh but while i was doing that i had a lot of time in my hands and i just don't have a lot right now that i i have time to just sit and listen to podcasts it's not my main source of entertainment i don't mm-hmm. know why people listen to any of them honestly uh, they're all terrible. Um, no, they're great, right? I just don't. I just got out of listening to them. It was Kevin Smith for a long time when I had time, and then I, I had office jobs that I could listen to him. I don't. I don't have a job right now that I can do that. So uh, I finally had some time. All to say that I, I got into our our, our buddies' uh, podcast, The Terror Table with our yeah. buddies Mitch and Boozy, who uh, obviously uh, guests of ours, friends of ours. We've been on their show. They've been on ours and everything. You you and Ross from your uh, nudist colony were on there the other day, and that was great. I yeah. listened to that episode a few weeks ago. Um, so I listened to that one. It was great to hear you all together. I kind of missed our buddies, and so I listened to their episodes two in a row, and I just really liked it. So I ended up listening to Ghost Ship slash Darkness Falls, which was mm-hmm. the end of their uh, New Metal March. That was what you guys had been on mm-hmm. for. And, um, and then I listened to their episode on 65, which is a dinosaur movie that I still haven't seen yet. Uh, have I haven't listened to yet? that one yet. No, okay. no. Like I, I was so tempted because right, you know, right. it's like dinosaurs. I know Boozy fucking loves dinosaurs. Right. I was like, oh, I want to know his opinion <laughs> so bad, but I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm like, God damn. So I'm waiting on that one. I haven't listened to their Bodies, Bodies, Bodies episode yet oh, for the same I reason. I want to see that one too, right? Yeah. So, right. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they're they're in my queue just like waiting for me to watch them in my eyeball queue. It's, it's funny because our friends say that about our show sometimes. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie yet, so I didn't want to hear it. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been trying to do better about 
you know, doing like non-spoiler stuff in the beginning and then kind of getting yeah. into a spoiler thing, getting, getting all the timestamps out there. But um, I would say that they definitely spoil some things with 65, but I didn't I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm not putting a lot of stock in the movie. So mm-hmm. it didn't ruin anything for me uh, to listen to it. And it was just fun to hear them talk about it. I honestly like us talking about our mini topics right now. Like I just like kind of hearing people chat about stuff they're kind of into outside of the main topic as well. So um, it was fun to hear them talk about Ghost Ship. That was a movie that I used to like a lot. In particular, there's a really, really great opening set piece. Have you ever seen Ghost Ship? It's from like 2003 I, or something. No, I listened to that episode, though, okay, right, and I heard them okay. talking about it. I was like, I don't remember this movie at all. Like, it's, it doesn't sound yeah. even a little bit familiar to me. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember the poster. They talk about the poster. It looks like some kind of album artwork. It's like a, a ship with like a skull kind of superimposed yeah. on it or whatever. But um, the opening scene was what sticks with everybody. And they were basically like, after that, the movie doesn't do that well. So I watched the opening scene the other day after listening to them. And I was like, yeah, this fucking holds up. And then I just stopped the movie. I just listened to my boys. Stop watching it. (laughs) I don't need any more. I might go back another time, but I'm good. Uh, Darkness Falls is also like, it's like a horror movie about the tooth fairy. Weird kind of concept, but it's like a a demon fairy that collects children's teeth. Give me my, my, my teeth kind of thing. Pretty gross. Uh, and they liked that one. I remember liking that back in the day, so I'm excited to go back and listen to that. Uh, however, they talked about a lot of different stuff in the two movie, uh, two episodes I listened to, and uh, I believe in the Ghost Ship Darkness Falls episode, they talked about this movie on Netflix that is called Hellhole. It's a Polish okay. horror film, and uh, they talked about it like it's it's just a, a well-made movie. It's kind of dirty and grimy. It's about... Um, uh, like priests somewhere and there's like a devil thing in it there's like religious overtones and they both talked about how like us they they feel the same way about religion and um, any kind of like creepy stuff around it is like a fun horror movie to watch and so uh i found it on netflix they had said it's like a uh it's a polish film so it's in it has subtitles but you got to get through that because it's it's great it's uh it's an hour and 30 minutes it flies by uh when i watched it there were things that i was like oh that's kind of not lazy storytelling but i was like oh i bet this is what's going to happen and instead of dragging it out as like a big mystery it would like almost always literally be the next scene where they would explain something and i'd be like oh they're just like they know the tropes of the genre and they're just like we're not going to like mess about cuz it doesn't matter like it's they're not going to they're not trying to fool me they're not trying to trick me they're just trying to tell me a good story and there are tropes that go along with that and they they are just like fine with them which was really refreshing in a way uh and it it is pretty cool it's visually interesting and it's fucking dark and uh and it really goes there like the ending um is as amazing it's just like a cool cool thing to see whatever it all kind of just fucking ratchets up at the end uh so that was neat i had never heard of this movie hellhole um from 2022 i think um that was out on netflix and uh because of them i watched it and it was great so it was great to hear our boys and then i uh, great to watch that movie the one that i found on the just watch app shows hellhole from 2019 it might be because there's I, when I looked it up too. I think I saw like a 2020 thing. Um, or maybe it got distributed over right, here I think in 2022 20, or something. Right, because it's Polish, okay. so it might have been released like there and like a year later here. But then it went on streaming a different time, like especially in that era of COVID and stuff. Like mm-hmm. dates got moved around a lot. So yeah, it's it's from somewhere in the last few years. Polish movie mm-hmm. called Hellhole. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so Steven, you, you can find that, but it's cool. How many uh, Polacks does it take to get a fucking movie year right? All right, listen. Idiot. Again, I, was that the outtakes that you were that so was racist? The outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> that 
This is all a bit, everybody. Wait till the end. Yeah, it's to, all a bit. To hear it's why. why we're being racist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would uh, I would definitely check that out. Uh, our boys at the Terry Table, always fun to hear them. They 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 speak about things in such a way that I just really dig for for horror movies, mm-hmm. for popular culture, whatever. Um, so yeah, I I uh, I have to say as well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself here for this, but um, I was on Instagram. I was a little inebriated that night after after that. Uh, listening to those that day and I had been working outside so much I started to text them that like hey I listened to these episodes I, w- I really liked them and I, I started doing it on Instagram and then in the middle of it I just kind of gave up I was like I don't really know what I'm trying to say I'll just write them again tomorrow I oh, wake up the next day and I didn't realize that Instagram like created a room for it or like a, a, a chat with us mm-hmm. so it, I just created a chat between the three of us and just abandoned it and never wrote anything <laughs> So they were like, what's happening? What are you doing? What? Tell yeah. us. And uh, I finally had to admit, like, I was so far gone last night. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And I didn't That's realize so it. I don't go on Instagram ever. I uh, I had to look up when I posted my plans the other day. I had to literally Google how to add my hashtags. I hadn't done it in so long. And uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, do I add them in a different spot? Do I add them mm-hmm. here? Uh, anyway, I'm not good with it. So that was fucking funny. But uh, yeah, it was a blast, man. It was a blast to digitally, virtually hang out with our friends that way, you know? Yeah. Honestly, like the 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 little like open chat thing that's on Instagram, aka Facebook, aka it's pretty fucking shitty to do that. Yeah, yeah, like right, it shouldn't even like be a thing until you like post a message, right? right? Like imagine yeah. you started a text message, just like you opened it up and were like, oh, I'm gonna write this to this person, and then you just didn't text them, and it was like it notified them that you started to just mm-hmm. randomly like i don't do that to me mm-hmm. uh, i had no clue it did it and i what's funny too is i'm i'm on instagram maybe every three to four days and so mm-hmm. i just happened to check it again the next morning i would have just let them sit there for fucking days just being right. like why isn't he talking to us um so yeah anyway it was uh, it was fun all around good good episodes uh lovely mm-hmm. guys and uh we'll definitely have to have them back on uh, you know eventually for something for, but, sure. Uh, for sure yeah it was really cool so i that's a bunch for me but uh wanted to get that all out of the way so uh what else you yeah got? let me let me uh, kind of circle back to what we've discussed so far because i forgot to repeat it i, I know that's something that we're trying to do so we're really so far, bad at it uh, uh 1993's the firm um the terror table uh, in general as a podcast but uh you specifically spoke about their episode on ghost ship slash darkness falls and then also the 65 right. episode and then from one of those you got the recommendation of hellhole from i don't know sometime in the 20 uh Late 20 teens, early 2020s. Right. Somewhere yeah. in there, mm-hmm. this four year, it took five years to make it, mm-hmm. four years to come out. Long time waiting. Pretty great mm-hmm. movie. Check it out. Yep. Hellhole. Perfect. Exactly. Gotcha. Good. Hell yeah. Uh, so the next thing I want to discuss is something that just wrapped up this past week, and I was pretty excited for it. Um, so I, I have this routine that I'm in where I will go to my local comic shop. I will buy mm-hmm. my stack of comics, come home, sit them on a chair, don't ever think about them ever <laughs> fucking again. And I'm in this fucking rut because, you know, I've got, like, stuff going on for my work that I, mm-hmm. I I keep, like, hoarding stuff in the thought, like, once I'm past all of this shit, I can be able to just sit down, relax, and just, right. you know, read some comics or whatever. But that has not been the case as such. However, I did have a little bit of extra time that I found to go through and read all five issues of mm-hmm. a recent crossover series from Boom Studios and IDW called... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Oh, baby. 
Oh my God, Stephen! I love the first one so much. You I talked think, about that a while ago, yeah. Yeah, I think that that final issue came out in like 2019 or whatever. So it took them a few years before they put out a new one. I imagine COVID was probably a, a part of that. Also, Slackers. during that time, I think Hasbro acquired the Power Rangers. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Whatever the case, whatever the case, um, they put out a sequel series, and this series is almost as good, if not better, than the first one, Stephen. Dude, amazing! This I love is it. like. This is the most fan servicey fucking series I've ever read, and I'm in, in a great such way. awe. Oh my god, it's incredible! I'm a fan service me, like a great woman once said. And I was reading this, I was like, "Oh no, you're not going here, are you?" And Stephen, they did, oh, and they man. did it every fucking time, multiple times, and I'm just like, "Holy it. shit!" Look, I got to spoil a, a couple of things for people. Number one, like some of this shit is on the cover of some of these issues so mm-hmm. you know they're they're out there and available for people but just as like an enticement because it certainly worked for me i was already on board regardless right but the first mini series had the the turtles and the power rangers crossover there's a, a certain point where the rangers let the turtles use their morpher so the turtles were actually like morphed they were still like turtle shaped but mm-hmm. they had like power ranger costumes oh, on amazing and so the the red and the blue kind of matched but there's no like orange or purple power ranger so uh, why not man steven Mm. we'll get there so uh in uh in the first series uh donatello essentially uses the black morpher he becomes a black ranger despite Mm -hmm. his purple bandana and then michelangelo uses the uh he he becomes the the yellow ranger essentially okay so uh while the turtles have the morphers uh the power rangers they still know martial arts so they're like dressed in some like uh urban like ninja costumes mm-hmm. or whatever so the turtles are rangers the rangers are ninjas and oh then you know goodness. You, you go forward from there steven how do you top that for a second series well right. i'll tell you how mm-hmm. steven there's a certain point in this series where the the turtles have gone to dimension x uh to you know do something mm-hmm. and they stumble across some some morphers uh, it turns out there were some Power Rangers way long ago. Okay. Uh, that belonged to Dimension X. And wouldn't you know it? Oh, my God. The Morphers there are the same colors oh. as our favorite turtles, right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So they eventually morph on their own. They don't have to, like, borrow a, a morpher from the, the titular Rangers. They, mm-hmm. they have their own morphers. And their colors match, and they look fucking awesome. But, Steven, even before that, like the issue before that, there's something wrong with the, the Power Rangers morphers. Oh, my God, what? Mm-hmm. Something happened, and they're not able to morph into the Ranger costumes anymore. That's fucked up. Oh, my God, there's an attack downtown with a bunch of mutants and putty patrollers and a bunch of monsters that uh, came from the Power Rangers side of things. What are they going to do? What are the Rangers going to do? <laughs> well, Steven, wouldn't you know it? Donatello and Billy, the two smartest characters of their mm-hmm. representative sides, have gotten together off panel, off screen, and they're like, well, turns out there might be a way for us to combat these. And that's by, I'm not going to get into all of it, but the, the Rangers are somehow able to morph into animal versions of their what? specific dinosaurs. 
So Jason is a T-Rex that's red. Like, they're all color-coordinated. They're the respective dinosaurs. Tommy's a fucking dragon Dude, that has, like, the, the this, gold thing. It's, did you write this as a sex this dream? This is my is life. This, like, this is, like, I love this you? so much. That was specifically made for me. <laughs> I was just crazy. I was just screaming and, and crying. I was just, like, having right. a fucking ball right. reading this. The audacity of this to even exist is incredible. Man. I went to a... Uh, a little like it's not only like a comic shop but it's like a a a hobby shop not far from my house uh, about a month ago and i saw that they have these uh, from the first series they've got these power rangers like the the morphed turtle figures or whatever Mm -hmm. um oh i should mention that april is a part of that as well but she just becomes the the pink ranger so it just looks like that's cool pink ranger or whatever but even still and i came across these toys they had the full set steven they were like two packs and i was like oh my god I have to walk away. So I just simply walked away. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't, wanted them so up. badly, but you I couldn't. wanted to. Right, right. Because, Man. you know, they, they, they like split them up to where like Raphael was over here with uh, like a buddy patroller. And then mm. a couple of the turtles were together. But then like, I don't know. Buy, they like, were, a they bunch were of shit. To get <laughs> would have caught, I, I would have been in a full bill. on right, it. You right. know, it's like a, a sick hundo is going down the toilet with mm-hmm. that. But it's like, I better not. If I ever cro- come across <laughs> action figures from this series, holy shit, I'll take out a second, second, third, and fourth mortgage for yeah, those because well, it, it was fucking rad, dude. I cannot. That's amazing. If, if you liked either or both of these properties, holy shit, this miniseries is for you. I assure you. I love it. It sounds great. I, I'm not as into them as you, obviously. I mm-hmm. liked the Power Rangers growing up, and then I liked, uh, I still like the Ninja Turtles a lot. But right. um, I love that you've stayed with the Power Rangers and the fact that they still have this huge thing behind them. Like, I knew that there was all these different versions of the show, but I didn't realize they kept going in comic form. And, like, they have that. It's the, the original team, right? Like, you said Billy yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's amazing. I like that it follows those people that we know so well and grew up with. So, uh, and this sounds perfect for you. I, I am, like, ecstatic just knowing that this exists for you. And you. it sounds great for me. Like, I would like to read this someday. So, uh, yes. all around, small yeah. small claps. Love it. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. And then, like, the fact that the the writer of the series had to deal with two separate publishers, right, coming together. He had to deal with their separate licensees, which would be Hasbro and Nickelodeon. Right. And then, you know, running that by editorial, getting the artist on there and just like, wow, wow. Getting mm-hmm. those those new costumes approved, getting the Ooh. new like morphed rangers. To, oh, my God. What? How? <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to know. I'm just glad it's here. That's damn straight, man. And this mm-hmm. is what's great about comics. You can yeah. literally do anything. Like, I remember telling you that when it clicked for me a few years ago. Maybe during the Avengers when we were reading that or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they can do anything. And you're like, yeah. yes, you get mm-hmm. it. Like yeah. these things that you always wanted to see as a child or whatever. And you can see them. Uh, they just wouldn't they wouldn't or could not do live action. And that way you right. still get them in your head. And I love it, man. That's awesome. That's Fucking great. tight. Hell. That's great. Yeah. I don't I already did three things. I don't know that I can top that. I kind of just want to get in the main topic then. Is that cool with you? Let's go for it. Hell Fucking yeah. A, man. I'm very excited for this. So uh obviously today we are talking about 1982's ET. Um very excited for this. I'm a huge Spielberg fan. Um yeah. to, to start us off, um, did you want to do our uh, uh the food item we brought with us? Well, we might as now? well. Fuck we yeah. might as well. Hell yeah. So uh, you had texted me yesterday um, 
that you wanted to do a food item or, you know, something like that to spice up the episode. Just for fun, it's, like totally random, yeah. yeah. And obviously we went back and forth on like which brand of edible panties do we want to <laughs> eat and we just couldn't figure one out. I would totally do it on the show. That'd be great. <laughs> be like, you taste, go, this one's good, this one's bad. Yeah, you go up to the uh, the <laughs> checkout counter at the, the sex shop and you're like, it's for a... It's for a podcast. They're like, oh, God, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> Please, I thought you were sir, just a don't freak. tell me your kinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so I for clarification, I was like, are you talking about like candy or soda yeah, or, or whatever? And and uh, and, you know, uh, we, we kind of decided on Reese's Pieces is the perfect food item for this. Think about this it. Movie. You came up with that. It's, it's brilliant, obviously. Well, <laughs> please go on at length. <laughs> Potentially girth. We'll see how the length goes. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, we're going to try some of those on the, the podcast today. Yeah, you um, got yours? I've got mine Ooh, right next to me. The, and what a, a beautiful packaging, you know? Oh, I just got, love that Halloween colors on it. Yeah. Yeah. The orange, the yellow, the brown. It's all the candy colors, you know? Perfect. Yep. It, it's right on brand. It's nostalgic. Um, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And uh, I I watched a, a YouTube video or two after I watched the movie, and they said in one of them that they reached out to, the filmmakers mm-hmm. reached out to M&M's to see yeah. if they wanted to be in the movie. I heard that. And they were like, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jaws, so keep on moving down the road. Just, what I heard is they said that they thought kids would be scared of E.T., so they're like, no, we don't want to put oh, our, really? our candy in there. Yeah, and it's, he does look weird. We joked last week he looked like foreskin, but he's <laughs> nice-looking foreskin. Hey, man, E.T. looks like so much foreskin, he's a five-skin dude. <laughs> I heard E.T. five-skin is married to Gene Triplehorn. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense, weird. yeah. They meet in the middle, hell yeah, dude. Their first date was at Five Cream, which is nice, too. So, Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. It's yeah. good all mm-hmm. around. Uh, but yeah, I heard that, too. Uh, and then I saw that amongst all of the wonderful box office toy sales of E.T., that the, I think it's Hershey's did or does Reese's Pieces. And then, yes. uh, and it was like Mars Company that does M&M's. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hershey's sales went up like 65% or some shit after that's this crazy. Movie. It went like yeah. bonkers. People fucking love this shit. So crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to do right now. We've both have our respective there we go. bags of Reese's here. Uh, we've already opened them up. That said, I'm going to do my best to not eat on mic because uh, misophonia is real. It's real. It's a problem. And uh, Stephen has already jumped into his. Um, I remember back in the day, there were kids in class that were like, Oh, yeah, I really like the orange Reese's, but the yellow ones aren't for me. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they're not flavored. They're not Skittles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like the same thing with the different colored M&Ms. It's like, um, no, they're all if they're from the same package, they all taste the same, you know? Yeah, there's a line I like in a dumb romantic comedy, Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey uh, called The Wedding Planner. The Cell. Oh, <laughs> double feature! Holy shit! Yeah. In that movie, they're eating M and M's, and Matthew McConaughey keeps throwing away everyone's but the brown ones. And his reasoning oh. is, well, chocolate's already brown, so he figures that one has less artificial coloring in it, so they're probably healthier. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucking okay. stupid, but I fucking love it. I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so Reese's Pieces, I've always loved. I don't remember, like this movie came out before I was born. 
mm-hmm. so I don't remember like it was like ET existed as much as Reese's Pieces did in my life. I always remember them being around, but man, they're still so good. Uh, I was shocked. I got a, a king size package because I really wanted to go ham on so these. Did I. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, my little local. I told you before that they were really expensive. My little local uh, convenience store down the street from us is just really expensive. Like gas is always like a like. 30 cents more than everywhere else around us, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. everything's more. And I went to the counter, and this this little package was two ninety nine. This wow. uh, king-size package. And I was like, holy shit, these better be good. And I got to say, they do fucking deliver. So, they, <laughs> they, they went up there, and they told you it was two ninety nine. Did you say, I wanted a king-size, not a king's ransom. Exactly. You get it. I, I didn't mm-hmm. need that kind of uh, hefty... Uh, pay toll, you know, for yeah. for a sweet candy release is what I'm saying. Yeah, sweet candy S- release. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that one down. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I also got another thing there because what I will say about definitely America, but in the world in general, is that since ET came out, I, I think we can all agree things have really gone downhill. Not because of that movie, <laughs> just in general, uh, we've really gotten crazier and uh, you know, kind of like idiocracy. It's like we've just done the dumbest stuff and. Sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's amazing because I also picked up this Reese's Outrageous. Oh, my God. Which is a candy bar that has Reese's Pieces in it. It's what like, are you going to do with that? Oh, I'm going to sit on it. But um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make love to this thing. It looks so amazing. It's oh, milk really? chocolate, okay. peanut butter, caramel, and Pieces candy. So I was like, it's like one of those like Jurassic Park things, you know. They, they thought about it if they could, but not if they should. But I'm ex- I'm just excited to exist in the world. So I'm not going to eat that okay. on air. I'm going to save that for after the show. But I'm excited yeah. to have the candy bar version of Reese's Pieces as well. Have you seen the Reese's Big Cups that have the Reese's Pieces in them? Yes. That's some kind yeah. of idea. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, those are good. I think I've had that one. Adds a little bit of extra crunch mm-hmm. to it. Uh, not super memorable, but I do right. love a Reese's peanut butter cup. I love Reese's pieces. Yeah. You know, let's throw them all together. I don't care. I mean, might as well. I'm not, a, I'm mm. not opposed to it. I, Reese's stuff doesn't generally have a lot of caramel. I didn't even realize it until I just read it on air. This has caramel in it. So that will be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. caramel and peanut butter can totally work together. So I'm, I'm down for it, but I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how it goes. Yeah. So I'll report you know, back. A lot of the, uh, the people around the world, they come to America, they try our chocolate, they shit on our chocolate. And, you know, it's only because our chocolate is bad. That said, right. I do think that Reese's Pieces are fucking incredible. Yeah. I love them. They have like the perfect ratio of crunchy shell mm-hmm. to chocolate to peanut butter. It's just stellar. I will say that I, I do enjoy a peanut butter M&M. And I mm-hmm. like that the size of them. It has a lot more peanut butter in it. But there's something nostalgic and very fulfilling about Reese's in particular, but then the Reese's pieces. So I'm totally with you. I'm very excited. I'm not going to keep munching on Mon Air because mm-hmm. I would eat this entire Same. bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, king size or not, I will do it. But uh, yeah, so I uh, I'm, I re- really did just randomly text you yesterday. Just like, we should bring back something food related. And you're like, how about this very, very food related thing to this movie that everybody knows? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So well played, Brent. This is uh, this is it. why we work so well together, That's you great. know. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought independently <laughs> to get anything to eat on the, the episode right. and then, you know, we we figured it out together. Um so uh let's do uh Reese's pieces. Um would you give these to an alien life form? Oh. Uh to eat and enjoy. That's a good question. In the movie itself, I real I think about how um you know the scientists 
are kind of concerned about uh, an alien presence contacting mm-hmm. humans and like you know sharing diseases or like would they be able to interact with our flora and fauna and stuff and it's like uh, these these et are coming to like pick up plants and shit in the middle of the night and uh, they're just horticulturists you know which i get mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big gardener right now so i totally get yeah. that um but yeah i don't i i wondered throughout the whole thing et eats a lot of random shit that i feel like ooh, that would be questionable like you probably should wait the and, coors right drinking yeah, drinking coors right yeah. exactly that's a weird one but amazing mm-hmm. how, how it plays out um mm-hmm. i like at the end of the day i think there's a line that i remember that they say like they when they when they've captured et they they quickly say something about it. he he has like dna like us like it's different but it's similar like we have the building blocks the same so it makes sense yeah, that he like, can eat those too i guess instead of a double helix he's got like a six line helix or something yeah, like that they say yeah. some line it's cool it's like a, a quick thing but uh i just like how again like they just throw a lot of details in these but um mm-hmm. only i i feel like again because i've grown up in a world where et does exist and reese's pieces are his favorite then yeah if i met an alien i probably would give them to him right away mm-hmm. absolutely oh my you? god what if, oh yeah absolutely yeah no question then after they ate it i'd be like oh god <laughs> what if they're allergic to chocolate you know what if it's like a dog and it's like, oh, oh exactly. I shouldn't That's a good, have, right. shouldn't have done that. Oh, God. Then I would like really get in my head about it. You know, like, I want to be friends with you. Right. But also, I don't want you to get sick. Right. I want to share this with you because it's cool and you'll, you'll like me. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, my brother has a peanut allergy. Lots of people do. Who knows mm-hmm. if aliens do? You know, you, you got to check those things and you just give them peanut butter straight out. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous game. <laughs> I was... You know, going back to the the topic of candy, I was imagining when you were talking about the peanut butter M and M's, if you uh, being such a like um, an expert chef and going mm, really oh, out of your way to make stuff be like, not only do you plus up something, you plus up a plus up. You know, oh like, man, that's like some daggum math I can't even do. <laughs> But I was imagining you like in your house uh, telling your wife, hey, I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then you <laughs> take out a bag of M&M's, peanut M&M's. You like cut them open gingerly, harvest out the peanut butter from them and then like spread it. You know, is that peanut butter is good. Yeah, and they sell Reese's peanut butter jarred and it's not the same. It right. doesn't taste the same. It's not the same. Cons- it's the texture is what it is. It's, right. it's powdered mm-hmm. sugar. If you mix powdered sugar with peanut butter you get that that kind of uh, grainier texture that that Reese's wow. like itself has and that's that's the jam and that's where I'm at so yeah, yeah I would I would not put it past me I would like to see this same scenario go down with Reese's pieces though and it takes me four hours longer because they're so tiny and I'm trying to harvest all this <laughs> like, you know <laughs> I get a lot more done with the, with the M&M burger you've got some of those like uh extended like goggles or whatever that you would use right. to like <laughs> with, like the magnifying were, glass yeah, yeah as yeah. if you were like painting Fabergé eggs <laughs> or some shit you got those on super intricate work absolutely i just bounced my table when i did that mm-hmm. i'm very excited about this plan. and then for jelly you just like reach in your your pantry and you find some like store brand jelly you're like yeah sure I whatever know. yeah whatever the peanut butter is where it's at you know me yeah, exactly. yeah especially with reese's man if i had one candy it'd probably be reese's some some version of that so like yeah, that's I'm, where i win i find myself being so baffled that we still have plain m&ms as abundant as we do it's fucking like, stupid this should have tanked them yes absolutely right, right. yeah like i'm fine if people want to use plain m&ms as an ingredient in some like cupcakes or whatever the right. fuck you know ice cream but, like that's what it is that's that's an ingredient like if an alien came down and you offered them a package of plain m&ms not only would they scoff at you 
interplanetary war Whoa. breaks out. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty it's amazing. True. Absolutely. Perhaps you'll remember a little movie called Battlefield Earth. Does that sound familiar to you? I've never seen it, but I didn't realize that the crux of the war was M&M's. I got to tell you something, Stephen. <laughs> so Battlefield Earth came out and, it, you know, there's a lot of controversy around it because it's there's a lot of like Scientology that plays into it and mm. people kind of sniff that out ahead of its theatrical release there was a point where it came out on uh like hbo or cable or something like that and my friend adam and i we were living together in tulsa we had like just graduated or whatever mm-hmm. and we we're like oh we heard this movie was like controversial it's got some like aliens and action and whatnot in it let's watch this so we <laughs> like paid whatever money for it we turned it on we got about Four or five minutes into it, and we're like, fuck this. Let's go outside and ride skateboards poorly. <laughs> so we did. And you've never even finished watching it. Nope. It's probably better for it. I, I've never seen it. My mother-in-law loves that book. It's one of her favorite books. Like, she's a huge oh. sci-fi nerd. And she's like, it's amazing. The movie is terrible. She still talks about it to this day. Like, how terrible her experience going to that movie was, like, 20, 25 years ago, whatever that was. Oh, wow. And uh, I've wanted to watch it with her. Just because mm-hmm. I know she knows the book and I've, I've never read it or, or know the story really at all. I just mm-hmm. I always picture uh, John Travolta with dreadlocks in this. <laughs> yeah, in the, he's got the a, nose, the nose clamp thing looking type of thing. Yeah, I was thinking he yeah. looks like a, a knockoff wharf from uh, Star Trek. <laughs> uh, it just is like a weird everything about it. Just like a weird look. And I and I love it, though, because I'm like he was he is and, and was so into Scientology. I felt like he was like, I'm going to bring this to life. And it was just like a huge crashing, you know, success. So yep. uh, wonderful for them. But um, yeah, man. So uh, with this movie, <laughs> yes, with E.T. So this was uh, came out in eight, 1982. And um, yeah, I want to know your history with this movie. And uh, we can okay. talk about mine as well. Do you remember this from a kid? Do you remember a theater experience with this ever? VHS? What do you got? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you know when in 82 this came out? Was I'm it like tr- early Ooh. on? May 20... Oh, uh, Can was May 26th. June 11th was when it came out in the June States. 11th. Okay. So either way, it came out before I was born. So, there you go. Um, and unfortunately, at the time, my mother refused to take me to the theater. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take so her unborn child. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. She could have held up some of those little like... Uh, when you go to the opera, they had those little like glasses on a stick or whatever. <laughs> Held them up to her tummy. Oh, I was going to say, held them up to her coos. She's just like spreading you on the chairs, and they're like, man, you cannot. She's like, my My son is trying to watch this movie. (laughs) He's being quiet, isn't he? If you'll excuse me, it throws like popcorn up her dress. Oh, boy. We really got off the rails. Uh, All that to say, I didn't see this movie until I was probably like, five or six something like okay, that i right. saw it at home on vhs maybe maybe it was like on tv at that point i just know it was several years gotcha. after this right, right. um and uh i remember liking it i oh you know what it must have been on vhs because mm-hmm. this is one of the aforementioned vhs that yeah. i owned as a child right, right, right and i remember just before my parents got divorced <laughs> they were they were screaming in the living room and i was traumatized oh, no. just like sitting there looking at we had this little like it was supposed to be like a magazine basket that you would put down by your uh-huh. chair or whatever in the living room. We had our VHS tapes. And I remember staring at the E.T. My logo, goodness. just like, oh, I just want this to be over so badly. <laughs> oh. And so like we eventually like we stayed with my grandmother for a little while. And so I would watch it over there. But I haven't seen this movie since um, 
like honestly if i don't know that i've seen this movie when i've been like double digit age so i think wow yeah yeah that's crazy man so you like Mm -hmm. it was kind of part of your childhood but it not like Mm -hmm. not long lasting for you it's not like this this thing you watch all the time or anything yeah Right. And I, there's a part of my brain where I was like, I remember liking this a lot, but I this is not a movie I ever come across mm-hmm. just like on TV. Uh, but it is just, you know, you, you see clips of it on right. award shows or whatever, you know, like there's so many shots from this movie that are iconic. And I I I, I just have this this memory of liking this movie as a child. But does it hold up mm-hmm. now for me? Right. Even though I like Spielberg, I don't always this is something I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. during this conversation. I'll just do it here. But like, I like uh, Steven Spielberg movies quite a bit, but outside of like Jurassic Park, I really don't find myself revisiting his work as often, okay. but I don't have a specific reason why. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he is excellent at filmmaking and the, the, the movies that he does put out are very good and very enjoyable. And there's something that like warms my heart about many of them. But I just don't find myself revisiting those for some reason. That is intriguing. Um, yeah. I mean, Jurassic Park, obviously, dinosaurs, number one. But then... Yeah, very um, horny. <laughs> Wait, was that... Was that the outtakes or was this... <laughs> I know, body I, no I, I can't remember. <laughs> Fuck. But um, also, they came out... So you were like 11, 10 or 11 when Jurassic Park came out. That's like a perfect age. And yeah. would stick with you more than like this movie that came out before you were mm-hmm. born, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, his filmography is, is great and crazy. And he's one of my very favorite filmmakers. Uh, as you said, like his his movies are some of the most touching emotional movies that I think I've ever seen. And uh, they really like my nostalgia, but they it, they make me nostalgic for like his childhood, like uh, a world mm-hmm. I never even knew existed. Like I wasn't alive during the 60s or 30s or 40s or whatever. Like I, I don't know when he was born, but like... I had a whole different experience, but he, he makes me feel like uh, I'm his best friend growing up. And like these experiences are so universal. Yes. But um, bump. Hey. it is universal. <laughs> um, but yes, that is an excellent way to put it, because he is essentially telling you a story so vividly that you feel like you were there. Right. I think that's part of his magic, right? Is yeah, is uh, being able to do this. And there's a lot of like moments in this movie where there are just silences and it's just the visuals that are telling the story themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not right. like there's a, a, a ton of exposition. Matter of fact, the first like hour and seven minutes of this movie, it's almost a little bit like slice of life ish. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we found this alien. Here's how we're going to live with him for a little while. Right. And that's kind of it. And then like what you hit <laughs> it's like the basis for Alf. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Hide the cats. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there, there's you know once you you get like to an hour and eight minutes, that's when the 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 looming presence mm. of the government comes in, and that's not really even as menacing as I remembered it being right. from my youth. You know, so it's there's adventure to this movie, but mm. also it's very like low stakes while also being like the highest possible stakes with like. You just made a new best friend and you don't want them to die, essentially. And these people right. are trying to, from your perspective, are trying to interfere with that. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, there's a lot of things I want to touch on that you said. Uh, I'll get to my experience with this movie in a second. But one in particular is that you had called out that your parents were uh, about to go through a divorce and mm-hmm. you were like, watch this movie. You're like, new is in the, the basket or whatever. And that's one of the themes in the movie. But also, be- like you said, like it's like Spielberg bringing in his real life to it because. One of the things I read about it is they were like, obviously, 
uh, in the movie, Elliot's mom is there, but his dad is gone. He's in Mexico with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So they're going through a divorce. And uh, Spielberg said this came about because he remembered a childhood alien friend, like imaginary friend that he made up to help him when he was going through his parents' divorce. So wow. this okay. has all those themes in there. And uh, yeah. I, my parents are still together, so I never went through that. But I, it's like I, I can, that's where I'm like, I don't have that almost nostalgia right or those memories i don't have those feelings mm-hmm. of what that's like to go through like you would have a connection well, with we can break them up <laughs> that's real easy <laughs> let me show you the way steven <laughs> oh my god uh it's like a parent trap <laughs> reverse scenario we're like <laughs> because of et we want to break them up so i can i can connect to spielberg more <laughs> he's my real daddy you know like when <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a there's a thing like when when I was younger where you know my parents were like arguing a lot and going through this and then uh, I think it was my mom she had pulled me you know to the side or whatever and she was like I just want you to know none of this is your fault and I, at that moment I was like I never even considered that it was my fault <laughs> but now it's kind of all I can think I'm about I'm pretty sure she said that because it's my fault <laughs> it's my oh fault. my god. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. This stuff Shout out to the divorced uh, kids of divorce out right. there. You know, I was going to say it's, it's been rough. <laughs> I think even Mitchie talks about that. Mitch talks yeah. about it uh, on their Terror Table episode. Something about uh, horror movies. Like, got him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got him through like mm-hmm. his parents divorce. And uh, it's a, an experience I just don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't really connect with you a lot. I don't think about it. Uh, I guess you just don't bring it up as much or, or mm-hmm. a lot. But um yeah, it is. It is something there. Like obviously, this movie has those themes in it for a reason. Yeah. Like it is part of Spielberg's past, or whatever. And uh, it's yeah, just kind of interesting. Oh, my dog is visiting us. She, she might hear her. I just saw her little tail <laughs> waddle in. Oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> my wife is out of town, so I had to leave the door open. And my little Maggie, little Maggie May, came to visit us for the podcast. So, um, but yeah, so my history with this movie. I also this came out before I was born. Like I said, I remember it on VHS when I was a kid. I don't think I've ever seen this in theaters. That would be pretty rad to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I particularly remember the 20th anniversary came out in 2022. Uh, sorry, 2002. 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that one was when it came out to like DVD and then eventually Blu-ray, uh, I guess it was uh, digitally altered. He used some of the same technology that I had developed and they had rechanged Star Wars. He like took out the guns and put walkie talkies in and uh, added mm-hmm. a few like CG scenes of like extra lights on the ship and like of E.T. running around so it could look better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since then, Spielberg has re- like, basically recanted that work and you can't really find it anymore. The version I had online, I had this on iTunes, uh, was, you know, the original 1982 version with the guns and shit. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, but I remember I worked at the video store then. So I remember that coming out. And seeing that for the first time on DVD as like these changes to this movie. So my history is definitely more in the like home video realm with it. Um, I don't remember watching it a ton over time. I remember it a bunch when I was a kid. And it's like really uh, in the last decade or so that I've rediscovered my love of everything Spielberg and try to watch oh, a lot cool. more movies. And, and like once I watched E.T. again, like 10 years ago, I was like, oh, my God, I want to watch this all the time. It is yeah. a nearly perfect movie to me. It is so well done. And there's so much built-in nostalgia uh i started writing notes i was telling you before the show that i had to go reformat my notes because they essentially it was like every beat of the movie because i'm like every beat of the movie is a painting every beat of the movie is is one of the most iconic things i remember from any movie ever and they happen over and over and over again Mm -hmm. uh big ones small ones 
uh, all kinds of uh, amazing visuals. So um, yeah, I, I have this great history with it. I, I still love this movie. Um, no spoilers there. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I do want to kind of get into yeah. spoiler territory, if that's cool with well, you. Yeah, uh, real quick before you do Please. that, I do want to mention that if people want to see the comparison of the 2002 version to the 1982 version, there's a YouTube video that people oh, cool. can yeah. can find pretty easily. Perfect. And it, I, I watched that before the record tonight just to see what the comparison was because I don't own this movie. There, it's not streaming anywhere, so I rented it from uh, my Apple TV, I guess, mm-hmm. iTunes, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to have like the walkie-talkies instead of instead of the guns and whatnot no it was like right. the original version it's like if lucas i guess lucas film at this point was just like uh you know what uh we're just gonna put up the original version of star wars um right. you guys just watch that it's That'd fine be like everybody be like oh people have been working on like restoring that because you won't do it for years right uh-huh. Yeah, that's the difference, I think, with uh, Spielberg and Lucas. Great friends, obviously, but yeah. uh, Spielberg tried it and then realized, oh, that was a mistake. And now <laughs> doesn't want it out there, which is great. Well, I would say, like, the, the comparison video, you can definitely notice the differences, but some of the things, like, kind of looked okay. Like, if the right. movie came out, if E.T. came out and it just looked like the 2002 version of it, it'd be like, oh, okay, this looks pretty good. I don't think you'd you know? even notice. Yeah, yeah. But then, like... You watch them side by side and you see once the the puppet, the animatronic puppet and the other one's a, a CGI version of it. And it's like, well, these are just two different versions of the same thing, essentially. Like, yeah, I, I appreciate the artistry that went into the CGI, but it's not really necessary. You, right. You know, like for for what this movie is and trying to accomplish, there's no like outer space, like flying, fighting, shooting laser scenes, anything like that. Right. It's just really like, like add to it. Can you imagine if they yeah, added that? <laughs> There's like a whole <laughs> a space shootout scene. We're like, wow, this is a different movie. Well, some of those <laughs> CGI scenes were like, they changed the night sky. Like the moon was over here and oh, then right. over here. It's like a, a little bit higher in the sky or whatever. Like yeah. uh, over here, it's full over here. It's like a crescent moon. Like it's just like surface level changes for the sake yeah. of doing them i guess you know and doesn't really add a whole lot to it but i appreciate that they tried to go in there but it's just yeah. not necessary at all the, like the story is solid enough that you know upgrading some uh visual effects is not really gonna do that much to it yeah and uh it doesn't really need it and i'm glad that the original version is so available now so and and in any case spielberg made sure that that original version was always available in the dvds and blu-rays and whatever that it released on so you always Mm -hmm. had the option and then now apparently it's out of print so you can find that old one but the or sorry the 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 remastered one but um yeah the original was kind of available which is awesome so um yeah i definitely want to move into (laughs) what so I was going to say one final thing that said, like the guns that got CGI'd out. I hadn't seen this movie in forever. Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't I knew that the the guns got turned into walkie talkies. I just thought they were handguns. Me too. Full on fucking shotguns. I know. Because <laughs> you think like, oh, replacing a handgun with a walkie talkie. It, it makes sense. Like that would be doable. Uh, yeah. And then when they when I saw them, I was like, holy shit, they were holding shotguns at these kids. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. totally. That's yeah, yeah. I had the same exact thought. That's so funny. Um, okay. So I would say from here on, uh, I mean really fucking old movie, but obviously I would love anybody to see this for the first time and not be spoiled for anything. So spoilers from here on out for sure. And then, uh, 
my notes, as I said, I had a bunch of stuff I, I didn't want to hit on. I know you said you had some notes too, but um, I kind of want to break it down in this way that we usually open up with the cast list and stuff. And that is one of my main points is that I wanted to kind of talk about some of the main people that are in it, um, like Elliot, uh, especially and everything. So I'll break it down. Uh, obviously, this was directed by Steven Spielberg. This was written by Melissa Matheson. I looked her up. I didn't really know her name. Uh, she passed away in 2015. And um, she had written some great stuff. She uh, worked with Spielberg a few times. He had been talking to her about this uh, script idea for a while while he was filming uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which came out a year before this. That's what's so crazy about his career. That's crazy. He yeah. had so many hits in a row. And uh, 1981, that, you know, Indiana Jones premiered. And then 82, he makes E.T., which uh, eclipsed Star Wars for the highest grossing movie of all time, only to be beaten nine years later. Uh, whenever he made, or I guess 11 years later, whenever he made uh, Jurassic Park. So he knocked himself out wow. of that uh, that running, which is crazy. But E.T., you know, was a huge juggernaut of a movie uh, and just quite amazing. So uh, Melissa Matheson wrote the actual script for it. Um, originally, it was called E.T. and Me, which I thought was fun. I didn't realize that Mac yeah. and Me, I knew that was like a kind of, you know, the uh, asylum version of E.T., but I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. that it was almost called like something similar, which is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, she also was married to Harrison Ford from 1983 to 2004. So they met, I think, on, you know, around Spielberg and then uh, got married, which is crazy. I never knew that. Is is she the one who plays the mom? No, sorry. This is the writer. Uh, Melissa Matheson is the writer oh, of E.T. Okay. Yeah. So there's she a, was married to, to Harrison Ford. They have two kids. I guess there's a deleted scene with Harrison Ford as the principal right. of Elliot's school right. that I, I caught part of online. And I was like, wow, that's, that's You never insane. see his like, face, apparently. You hear his voice. I haven't seen it in mm -hmm. decades. Uh, mm -hmm. It was available some sometime. But um, yeah, totally crazy, though. Uh, I mean, he was obviously friends with Spielberg and mm -hmm. might as well. But um, so it was uh, originally this idea that Spielberg had from whatever I've heard. Uh, there's a, a few versions of this story that I've seen before where he had this movie idea called Watch the Skies and it kind of got separated out into a few different stories. Did you know about this at all? Or, or he has another another version called Night Skies. Just that like originally it was going to be like aliens coming down to invade the planet. Right. And then darker. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the writer, she I, I guess he had changed his mind and ran that by the writer and she wrote a more family friendly version of this. And then the later he went on to make uh, was it poltergeist right that's kind of got split out it was like yeah. you get the poltergeist with like the family at home being attacked by some sort of entity and then yeah, you get the, like this the suburbs looked a lot like the <laughs> it, it did it looked a lot like the the same i thought you were saying they were being me. attacked by the suburbs oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah the shrubbery <laughs> uh, but i just love the the history of how these movies came about like these movies that we know so well and it's like oh that was going to be like one story which is crazy so yeah. um yeah i just love that so uh for actors um for the mom that's d wallace d wallace is uh amazing i love her in this she's in cujo she's in um uh god there's a uh, the howling fucking werewolf movie it's amazing oh. um and yeah she's in a, a bunch of stuff in the 80s um i like her in this role as well i always felt like she had a really emotional performance uh do you have anything to say about her? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, there's a, a point before they meet E.T. where it's her and the kids sitting around a table like eating dinner or whatever. And Elliot stands up, calls his older brother, Mike, penis yes. breath. And, and, <laughs> and she notes. starts laughing. But then she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, no, OK, sit down, sit down. You can't say that. Like she was having a good time with it. Like if if we uh, were parents, that's kind of how we would be, I think. It's yeah, like, right. OK, that was, that was pretty that was, fucking funny. You're not supposed to say that, good. but that's pretty fucking good. You zinged yeah. him. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. he got his fucking ass. <laughs> this guy, your brother, penis breath. That's his new name now. But you can't say it. But we all know. I'll call him. Uh, well, well, yeah. I love. Yeah, that's a good point. For um, it's kind of like Stranger Things has been the resurgence of this type of thing. Where obviously, I there's moments in this that are like uh, Stranger Things that are basically taken of ET. It's like them sitting right. around playing D and D. Um, ordering pizza and shit like there's uh the kids like cussing and just like being like teenagers like they were yeah. and, and are but there was definitely in the 80s like they were allowed to be that way like they could cuss they could do all kinds of things and uh and then go on these crazy adventures and fight government men or whatever like it, i don't know just all kind of works in this this awesome way I, I, yeah. I like the teens in this movie. Um, in particular, I was going to mention the uh, the older brother. His name is Robert McNaughton. He wasn't really in pretty much anything uh, outside of this, like a few movies oh. or TV stuffs, but uh, has been out of the game for a long time. But I think he's pretty great as this kind of... Yeah. He's annoyed at his little siblings, but then he like is really protective, which is great. And uh, Yeah, he. I felt like he was going to be an asshole throughout the movie. Right. Uh, again, just because I haven't seen this movie so long or in so long, I, I thought that was going to be the dynamic as he was going right. to get in Elliot's way. I remember Elliot and then his little sister played by Drew Barrymore. Totally. They were on the same page of helping E.T. I forgot all about the older brother at all. Right. And then when I saw he was kind of a dick at the beginning, I thought that's how it was going to play out. But no, he really steps up. He's like the the man of the household at this point, And mm-hmm. he's uh, he's there to step up when he needs to. I, I really liked him. I thought he was a really good actor. Yeah, he's really great. That's, I was so shocked he hadn't really done much after this. And uh, and his group of friends, which most of them I don't know from anything, but C. Thomas Howell is one of them. He was a big actor in the oh, 80s wow. as well. Um, and so it's cool to see a lot of them. I, and they, All of those guys, those kids, are heroes in this movie. They're the ones that like, come help them, save them from the government, man, and mm-hmm. get E.T. back and everything. So uh, it that, was cool to see all those kids. Yeah, that one kid who, I guess he's... Like, there's a group of kids that that ride bikes, but mm. they almost seem like rivals to Mike and Elliot and everyone. But then at the end, they all kind of team up or whatever. But the the one kid, he has on these big-ass headphones, you right, know? Right, And I didn't see a cord with them, so I was like, did they have, like, wireless... I guess it could have been, like, a wireless radio or whatever, but I figured oh, I would see a giant-ass yeah, right. antenna sticking up. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to figure out, like, is he... Is this, like, noise cancellation... <laughs> Does he have like a, a sensitivity to sound or like what's going on yeah, with him? I wonder, man. I don't know. But yeah, I think it was probably he was just listening to music or whatever. He's got a but full record like, player in his backpack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what he was listening to. Yeah. If he was, uh, yeah, if he was just listening to the actual like ET soundtrack, but like oh, you know that. Taylor's version. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> sold even more yeah. um okay before we get to the two other kids who are the the main stars of this i would say uh peter coyote is the main government bad guy keys and uh i don't know if you know him from much um he's hmm. uh he's just a cool guy uh from what i've heard about peter, peter coyote he's he's just an awesome dude he's like uh was really into like he'd go in the desert and do ayahuasca with like willie nelson for five days and like just crazy shit like he just did he was like one of those cool ass dudes coyote <laughs> <laughs> and I like seeing so him wait, in this. Who, who does he play? He plays Keys, the main government bad guy. The one that shows up at the very end and sees E.T. off uh, with D. Wallace, the mom. Oh. See, I didn't really think they were bad guys. The government guys? Maybe we, yeah, maybe we can get into it Interesting. a little bit further. Well, and you did yeah. say that you thought those ri- those kids on the bikes were rival kids, but those were their friends. And then you think the government guys that were chasing <laughs> them with shotguns are... <laughs> Are good guys? I'm so confused. <laughs> so I watched this movie standing on my head, and it really threw things off. 
threw things out of whack, I suppose. Way off. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's get to that. I'm, I, I want to break that down. So, uh, 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 Henry Thomas, the main kid, Elliot, um, in particular, I wanted to bring him up. Have you ever seen his audition tape for this? That is also available on YouTube pretty easily. Yeah. I, I, I got part of it oh where in gosh. the room off camera, you hear uh, Spielberg say, okay, kid, you got it. Yeah. He's fucking like right? tearing up. He, he apparently was. I don't remember what the story is. I haven't seen it in a while, but he his dog had died, so he was using like his real life trauma to cry, yeah. and he fucking it's crazy. And uh, yeah, he's phenomenal in this for how young he, he is. is. Great, yeah. Uh, performances that Steven Spielberg can get out of kids uh, is just quite amazing. And uh, I like. I mean, <laughs> Steven Spielberg went to his house and killed that kid's dog. That's <laughs> just fucked up. Cry. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed that not every movie that or not every kid that works with him goes on to much like uh, Robert McNaughton, the older brother, didn't really do much after this, but he's great in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The little kid who plays Barry in Close Encounters, I I don't know that he did literally anything else after that. I've seen him in interviews as an adult, but um, he's phenomenal in that as well. He is as young, basically, uh, or a little younger than Drew Barrymore in this, who I think this was her first major like movie role uh she's so yeah. fucking young and she's adorable uh obviously i mean we all you know she's one of america's sweethearts but uh yeah she's fucking phenomenal as this little kid i gotta say with drew barrymore uh my wife knows this. she was needling me on this when we were watching the movie uh i'm not really what you would call a big fan of drew barrymore i feel like i know? knew that yeah yeah i think we talked about this on our scream episode oh, okay. the, the very first scream episode we did but i gotta say i've been I've been working on me uh-huh. a little bit, and uh, she doesn't bother me <laughs> as, as much. much. And matter of fact, in this movie, I thought she was great. Oh, that's really awesome. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to uh, get away from just having, like, not liking celebrities for no reason or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's fine for your own personal thing. Like, there are people I don't want to watch for whatever reason. Yeah. I just don't quite get their shtick. And she has, like... A certain, I don't you know, I hear her laugh, her delivery, whatever. Like, you either, I, you either like it or you don't. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And this one, she's a little kid. So it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, little kid. You're terrible, obviously. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Brett. <laughs> no, I thought she was great. I, I really was impressed with, like, all of the the uh, child acting in this. Um, but again, it's Spielberg. Like you said, he, he really has a way to bring out a good performance out of children, even with, like, limited acting experience or no acting experience in the, the case of Drew Barrymore. Right. And um, I don't I still am flabbergasted how they got the alien to come down from the skies and, you know, take up a movie role. Spielberg you know? is so good. We haven't even mentioned who played that. Um, that was Edward Terrestrial. <laughs> Edward Terrestrial, obviously the the name of uh, Peter Sarsgaard's foreskin. Is it? Yep. What mm-hmm. is his name? Yeah. I was like, guy, if I can pull out Sarsgaard's name, uh, Stellan. Stellan Sarsgaard. Stellan Sarsgaard. Yeah, Nymphomaniac. Yeah. Right. It's foreskin. He played. He, there's two roles. Yeah. So just like the older brother in this, uh, he only went on to one other role. The 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 actor who played ET, uh, mm-hmm. the alien, was also the foreskin in, in Nymphomaniac, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm Two glad holes. that he got another another shot at it, but also <laughs> like at what expense, Edward Edward T Eddie T Eddie T baby Eddie T in the cruisers, you know. <laughs> oh man, I love Eddie in the cruisers. So yeah, another good role for him. You're right. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, not cast wise, but going through kind of the list of of creators for this was uh, I had seen that Kathleen Kennedy, who is now running. Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was an amazing producer and has gone on to do uh, amazing movies. And her husband, Frank Marshall, are both producers on this. This was her debut producing credit movie, which is this. So this is the start wow. of her career with Spielberg. 
crazy Holy shit yeah so she's yeah. she's pretty badass uh by all accounts i'm not sure about personally but her her work shows and she's she's done a lot she and her husband frank marshall have done a lot with spielberg so we owe a lot to them for producing this and a lot of other great classics so yeah i saw her name on the credit for this when i was renting it off of itunes and i was like god damn she was around back then right. like i i and this damn, is the start yeah there you go. yeah which is crazy. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. I suppose the very last one, because I saw it on there too, was uh, I was going to mention it kind of later, but we'll go ahead and mention it now is the uh, the music, John Williams, obviously another wonderful John Williams score, working with Spielberg, his friend again. Um, like all, basically every time they work together, from what I hear, they have these ideas together. John Williams goes to write something emotional and beautiful, and Spielberg hears it, and he's like, "This is all perfect. No notes. I'll take it all." And uh, wow. you've gotten, you know, one of the most iconic scores in our lifetimes probably so um yeah i i really dig this it has this emotional beat to it that just fucking feels like this movie in particular out of all spielberg ones for me this one i feel the magic um there's something magical mm-hmm. about spielberg's films from jurassic park to hook and 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 you know close encounters and jaws and everything there's there's some kind of magic there and uh this one captures a, a childhood essence that he hadn't really had before so uh mm-hmm. and there's some themes in there by john williams that just really really hit me so i know you don't pay attention to score as much do you remember the score did you pay attention to it in the movie did you like it i did yeah and as always listening to it i was like oh i need to remember to see if this is john williams and then i forgot <laughs> right. by the time i got to the credits or whatever <laughs> yeah but um yeah like it it just sounds brassy and robust and it just it just has this feeling to it like oh i bet john williams did this like he's did he do the score to the indiana jones movies i believe so yeah yeah he just like is knocking everything out of the park like what's his least popular movie he's ever uh scored for like i know bfg yeah, I, yeah. Also written by <laughs> Melissa Matheson, the same writer. That was her last film oh, wow. with Spielberg, by the way. But yeah, I never saw it because it was like whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and fucking, uh, he does so many like iconic scores. It's 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 insane. And even mm-hmm. his like lesser known stuff, I'm sure, is beats most people's. You know. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's something about the arrangement and the ability of that music to soar at just the right parts. Right. That really just gets you and like, oh my god, the end of this movie, holy shit, like. There, there's like gotta be some fucking dark magic involved to right. to get some of those notes hitting at just the correct way at just the right moment to to really just like rip tears out of your face you know <laughs> i mean it, it's like made to do that right there's something about yeah. him i i feel like the same way i feel about spielberg there's something about john williams that uh can just tap into that emotion there's like this core of emotion yeah. to people and I, I couldn't describe it better than just saying that, like, w- when I watch E.T., if, if I could, if my heart could make a score that sounds like that movie, that's exactly what comes out of him. Like, oh, sure. I can't imagine anything else there. And it feels right. It feels organic. Like, nobody mm-hmm. could have made this up. It just, it, he just tapped into the, what was naturally the frequency of the movie. Yeah. And he just blows it out of the water every time. So, you know, another uh, thing that I noticed at the beginning of this movie is it's a universal picture mm. um but it has like the the logo of the time whenever you 
you know, buy it or rent it now. Right. Um, whereas like the 2002 20th anniversary version has this like big swelling, like universal logo coming across the earth. And like, there's music mm-hmm. playing on that. Then you have like the, the silhouettes of Elliot and ET going over the, the planet right. is like tying into it and everything. But the actual movie itself starts with like just silence. There's no score. There's, there's nothing. It's just black with purple titles. I thought you would love that. Uh, mm-hmm. which my note looks like purple titties and either way Brent will love it and I, I forgot how quiet it is like like you said his score is brassy and bombastic and stuff but it also yeah. is very quiet and, and and whimsical I think there's something to that for a uh, composer to maybe have that conversation with a, a filmmaker and be like yeah I was thinking maybe just silence for this part right. because it's just <laughs> yeah. like, just like it, it, be. it doesn't need anything right. you know we're, we're gonna end so hugely with this banging score right right son hey this is john williams exact words (laughs) we got we got we're in this thing with a fucking fire score dude (laughs) there's no mid shit here (laughs) steven steven no cap no cap this shit's a fucking banger bro (laughs) steven's like i don't know what any of this means but okay okay do you want to see bruce the you want to see Bruce the shark? It's hey, like, don't knock Bruce the shark. He's amazing. What if ET came down and the first creature he met was <laughs> the shark from Jaws? But he's he's been exploded right because it's like five years later, or whatever uh, the fuck. And he 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 sees him. He's like ouch, and then he touches Jaws, and Jaws is back, dude. The OG Jaws. Wow. OG Jaws. OG Jaws, OG Jaws. OG Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could work. I, I would watch that movie, uh, to be honest. I don't feel like it's necessary, but I want it. <laughs> okay. You know, yep. much like this Reese's the, Pieces in this outrageous Reese's candy bar. This is the your equivalent of the Power Rangers Ninja <laughs> <Right>. Turtles crossover. <laughs> this is like E.T. <laughs> and, and Jaws, Jaws coming ET together. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, man. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. yeah, and like we said, like the story that they were coming up with earlier, they did also come up with a potential sequel idea for this one and it was gonna have like evil aliens that like a different race of aliens that come down and and kidnap elliot and his brother and his and their friends all all those kids on the bike and then they have to try to contact et to save them or something like that and uh and they were like we don't need this it's not necessary um and then that actor who who uh played elliot um Mm -hmm. henry thomas i was gonna say too he also uh like drew barrymore became this huge star right but henry thomas i didn't see for years but he is in a lot of mike flanagan stuff he's in like hill house and um some of those like uh, horror things now and he as an adult actor is amazing he's still so fucking good and you can totally tell it's little elliot grown up like i love to see him um you know thriving kind of now so um i lost the thread what i was saying there but i like henry (laughs) thomas yeah, about the sequel of it oh, all. Right. I was right. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, this is a Universal movie, and like modern Universal, well, honestly, any movie studio, if they see there's blood in the water for one of their films, guess what? It's a franchise right, now, potentially right. a shared universe, but we'll see, you know? But all that to say, like, I'm so shocked that Universal didn't move forward mm-hmm. with an ET2, two ET2 Furious or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it, it seems like a movie that everyone universally likes. Right. And people, like, if they if they put out an ET2, I would likely buy a ticket for it. You know, if, if the, right. the trailer like, looked it. good. Right, but. Yeah. 
I mean, if it's there, yeah, I like the first one. I like hanging out with my friends the first time. Why not a second time? You know, but I, I'm kind of glad that they don't have a sequel to this. Mm. I wonder if Spielberg owns the the rights to it, to where he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not going to uh, share this. But um, at the end of our ET conversation, I do have a double feature pick to go along with this. Oh, okay, um, that maybe we can. Discuss, I could talk about but, some things too without that like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say Henry Thomas. I remember what it was. Is that as an adult, like uh, I think it was recently as like last year, he had uh, been asked about a sequel to this one. And he was like, I hope they never make one. It doesn't fucking need it kind of thing. So uh, yeah. I totally agree with that. I'm, I, it is like you said, it's rare that we wouldn't have a sequel or a franchise based on something like this. But mm-hmm. also that's what makes it so magical. It would have been diluted um, much mm-hmm. like Jurassic Park isn't hurt by the fact that there's more of them. And I don't like all of the movies. But right, it, they've it only would... gotten better over time. We can all agree. <laughs> it, it's just like each new one comes out. We're like, wow, they did it again. They, they topped it again. But if there yeah. was only one Jurassic Park, I, I think it would be a little more elevated to me. Like, right. Yeah, it is one of my favorite movies. It doesn't really take it away. Mm-hmm. But it also at the same time, I, I can feel like it doesn't it though a little bit. You know, there's something there. So, I mean, we'd all be left wondering, though, like, what if a gymnast had to fight dinosaurs? <laughs> What would that even look like? What would a velociraptor sound like in an airplane? Oh. <laughs> now we know the answer to those questions. Now we know. Which is great. Know? It's great. You're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, all right. So uh, that's kind of all, a lot of the cast and various uh, notes of mine. Uh, in particular, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about like cinematography and the the effects, that kind of thing. But I'm curious whatever notes you got. Do you have anything you wanted yeah. to add on for sure? Well, I think the the most important note I have is that somebody calls somebody else a douchebag at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and I thought that was like a newer term. Isn't that weird? Right. No, yeah, I did. Too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe within like, like as know, a, the as past 25 yeah. years or so. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised to to hear that. But uh, grateful as well, because I was like, yeah, that is a pretty solid, solid term. Also, um, E.T. purrs in the movie. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of cute. You like uh, that? Yeah. I just I. I really just like that they made E.T. not a threat just way early on. Like, there right. was not even a chance that that's what was going to happen. There's no I, sense yeah. of dread in this movie. Good point, man. And it it doesn't need it. You know, the, well, I'll take it back. The, the sense of dread comes in the form of humans. But on bicycles, I, you're I, right. I, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, don't go too high up that cliff. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, Scary. But, yeah, like, E.T., he, he comes out of the, the shadow or whatever or no he comes out of that like shed or whatever uh-huh that's yeah. in elliot's uh, backyard iconic look love it but he he comes out and he he's they scare each other mm-hmm. essentially but then like from that point on it's just here's this little foreskin guy that lives in my house right you know? no big deal just yeah, hanging out that's right uh, just hanging out in a group of my stuffed animals right. we're gonna have to put those on the washer <laughs> real quick but uh otherwise <laughs> Totally solid. I do. I wondered watching it this time, too, um, because I think I'd heard about this somewhere almost as like a fan theory or, you know, something like that. But he because he interacts with children and he's he's left behind and he's scared. I always took it to be that he is a child like there is like a uh, another creature like him looking for him with like the red glowing chest when he gets left behind. So it's like I kind of Mm -hmm. took that as like their his parent whatever. But now I'm like, is he just a scientist? Is he like a 30 something in his society and he's like come mm-hmm. to earth like why would he be here as a child why would they come here with a child um he's very childlike but then obviously he's extremely smart he learns how to 
speak English really fast. He like yeah. makes this fucking contraption to call his family or call his other scientists. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what it's supposed to be. I always took it as like a kid thing, but cause he's I short. Think, I don't know. I think maybe they're time travelers. So oh. not only are they extraterrestrial, but they're time travelers okay. as well. Um, ET was looking through the gram, came across your photo. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go to this, this place That's where nice. Stephen Fisher hangs out, right. you know? He shows up. Obviously, they they get caught in a time loop. Obviously, we all know. Comes back here, and then you know he he tries to uh, track you down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get some some uh, knowledge on horticulture, sludiculture, skankiculture. You know all of the cultures. I'm really you know? big into skankiculture. Skankiculture. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can grow those like nobody's business. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I just, I don't know. I, I just like the way they treat the relationship right. between the kids and ET. Like, there's no threats. Uh, there's, there's never a, a, a moment where we think ET is going to snap or whatever. Right. Though I will say, when he was getting turnt off of mm. Coors, I think it was just regular Coors, not even Coors Light. He went through a couple of cans on that, and then he was watching um, Tom and Jerry, and he saw Tom get his portel set ablaze by jerry and then et was he screeches and <laughs> i didn't notice it until i like watched it on youtube after the fact but uh, he throws his can at the tv <laughs> like oh that's the most violent he or et has been in this movie that's amazing, you know right which we've all yeah. been there you know you get scared Obviously. you throw a beer can um i i had a coors once oh yeah once how was it obviously you know, taste taste about how it looks you right know? I, yeah were you into beer at the time I was, yeah. Okay. It was just, uh, it was just like You're slumming it. Yeah, you know, I got it from the county fair, and I was like, I want a beer, but also I'm adventurous. I like to try new things mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like oh, I've never had a course. I paid <laughs> my nine dollars for for an eight ounce course. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, it's never gonna be worth not, it. Then yeah. 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 Was it like mm-hmm. warm? The, was it at least cool? No, I mean it was it was cool, but like it was it was not that cool. Right. I would not, not like get the Rockies. Not like the Rockies, yeah. Damn straight, man. Hey, Rockies, guess what? Uh, you can keep your fucking water, dude. We don't need this shit. I, I honestly, I'm sure I've had a Coors at some point in my history, but uh, all of our buddies growing up when they were all drinking mm-hmm. beer and stuff was like Budweiser type of thing, Bud Light. I feel like it was more yeah. more active. Then, then Kid Rock killed all those poor Budweisers uh. and, uh, you know, <laughs> made they rest in peace. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. Anyway. Um, what did you think about the spaceship? design when it came down because it's it's i liked it it's cool right it's, it's like whimsical it's like a um i want to say like a globe but it's like globular in design right. instead of being like a saucer or whatever i i totally forgot what it's it like even taller, looked like yeah than i thought yeah, yeah. yeah it it looks like a um my god what am i trying to say those fucking balls you put on a christmas tree help uh or uh, it's just a christmas ornament i'm not a specific kind so. yeah i'm like i don't know yeah like the, the specific like ball winds or whatever that's what it kind of looked right. like to me i will say that i think the original design looked a lot better than the 2002 cgi version of oh, it, I it just like, see, yeah yeah it just looked like they it looked kind of the same basic shape mm-hmm. they just added some like different colored lights right. and a little bit extra pizzazz or whatever but it, it just i don't know it, it, it didn't really seem like it fit in that yeah. frame on the screen or whatever but uh yeah, I'm glad they went back to the old stuff because uh, I really think it holds up. 
Uh, but yeah, I overall I, I like the the spaceship. Yeah, I thought it was, was cool. cool, and I thought it was extra cool at the end that whenever they like get ET and they like, peace out, they leave a fucking pride flag in the sky. I know, like Earth, uh, get your shit together. <laughs> We're all sucking and fucking up here, and it's great. I did. Uh uh kind of wonder if you were going to make like uh if you're gonna be like et's fucking woke you know obviously and yeah. this movie like like crit rock would not like this movie just like he doesn't like bud light because uh, <laughs> there's a fucking rainbow at the end but man what a different Wait, world Steven, right are you saying that et brought down the woke mind virus <laughs> and now we're all infected <laughs> that's what peter, that's it. what keys peter coyote was so worried about oh my god right he went on to found uh fox news right after this so Coyote. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, for the ship, I was going to say you, real what, quick that... Uh, what do you think about the spaceship? Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The ship in this is so much different than those, um, but oh. similar, like, just whimsical, cool cool shit going on, whatever. I just like the, yeah. the model making they do, the, the effects, whatever. But I thought it was so yeah. interesting because in that movie, you, you get these, like, glimpses of smaller ships throughout close encounters and you're kind of uh seeing these cool lights but they kind of fly by real quick whatever but it's it's at the very very end you get the final huge fucking reveal of this mothership and it's gorgeous and big and amazing and this movie is just like hey here's a ship we're starting off right away it's just like wow what a difference a few years makes that yeah. he he made two of the most iconic wonderful wondrous alien movies we've ever seen and they're so wildly different from each other this one is so much different and, and kid friendly you know Wait, when did Close Encounters come out? That came out in 79. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, so a couple of years after so. Jaws. Yeah, right? Jaws was like 75. Okay. I think Close Encounters is 78 or 79, something like that, yeah. Wow, wow, okay. Crazy, I right? Didn't, I, for, for some reason in my brain, Close Encounters came out after the fact. And uh, I was like, man, I need to I need to watch that. I don't think I've ever seen Close Encounters. It's uh, it's pretty great, man. Uh, and obviously I'm a big fan of it. Wow, I'm totally off. 77. So this came out five years oh. later. So that was, uh, uh, he did like Jaws and I think Close Encounters might've been his next film. And then he did 1941, which is, uh, have you ever seen that or heard that movie from him? 1941? No. Okay. No. <laughs> 1941 is a huge fucking flop, uh, made oh, amongst, wow. he made like, I think it was, that is, it's like Jaws, Close Encounters, this huge flop, Indiana Jones, E.T. He made like all in a row. Uh, 1941 stars, uh, Jim Belushi uh jim belushi <laughs> what's the other belushi uh uh fred belushi what the fuck i don't know why i can't think of this right now i feel like so terrible uh um, oh jim and james belushi oh, oh wait that's, no, that's what it is what jim name is and james yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah. the good belushi john, john, john belushi. belushi the good one there we go mess it up yeah. uh stars him it's like this it's basically like a um it's 1941 world war ii in like a california town that has to like black out their lights at night and stuff and it's about it's like a quirky zany comedy made by steven spielberg in the beginning of it he even he even skewers jaws he has a a a naked lady swimming and a submarine pops up and she is on the periscope and they come out and look at her butt and it's like he's making fun (laughs) of his own movies it's so wild but it's i i love it my dad loves that movie so i've seen it a, a bunch when i was a kid uh, but it's totally wild. I would love for you to watch Close Encounters, though, was my point. Uh, 1941 would be a fun ad- addition to that. But um, Close Encounters is such a different movie than this. It's way more dramatic and serious, And uh, but I, I love it so much. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking this up. None of this looks familiar. 1941, yeah, I mean. Yeah, right. Dude, it's crazy. Uh, I can't remember who else is in so it. Forth. 
I had no idea. Dan Aykroyd, Ned Beatty. Right. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. Christopher Lee is in there. Yeah, man. There's uh, Tim Matheson. He's from like, um, uh, he's also with John Belushi in Animal House. Um, he's a good actor. Uh, yeah. Jo- oh, yeah. John Candy is like one of like the soldiers or whatever, I think. Um, it's kind of like soldiers are going off to war. So they're like leaving their, their California town. Whatever. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But um, it was a... Uh, tremendous flop that is that has kind of gained cult status since then but um i really like it so i would i would totally recommend it it's it's so different than a lot of what spielberg's done and totally weird in the mix of that of that rest of those films that came out so he did 1941 before he did the indiana jones movies right but he was still in that like decade the the 40s overall decade for, but he oh, just yeah, made it for like, a bit more palatable with like an adventure character or whatever. Right. He did a much better version, of, yeah, of of a throwback film with uh, Raiders. Interesting. Yeah. Totally wow. Wild. Okay. Hey, this you is know fun, what? Man. Sometimes, sometimes we learn things yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun, man. I I forget about that movie too. People don't talk about it very much, but uh, uh, all to say that uh, he he made a lot of great films in that era and the the spaceships and and all that cool stuff. You know uh five years apart whatever so so wildly different movies but some of the most iconic alien movies of our time so it's amazing yeah for sure holy shit wow uh let's see um yeah what other notes you got uh i like that whenever et is like staying in elliot's room elliot shows him his star wars toys oh yeah and like in my head just because i've seen you know you and i discussed this on our episode on uh episode one the phantom menace you know E.T. aliens are in that movie. They're right, like a right. little CGI. There's three of them. Like they're on the council. And in my head, I'm watching this as like a movie that takes, you know, Star Wars is in a uh, a long, long time ago in a distant galaxy. Right. Mm-hmm. So this movie is like after all that shit happens. Right. So stuck I'm wondering if that's like offensive to E.T. It's like, <laughs> number one, bitch, I'm on the council Two, Yoda can go suck a fucking turd. Right. I don't like that fucking guy. He voted against, he canceled my vote in particular. He said it to me. <laughs> Your vote I must cancel, he said. And, uh, and then later, when they're going like trick-or-treating on Halloween time, uh, we see that E.T., through his uh, sheet, he could see Yoda right, walking right. by. And, you know. And he says, bitch. Without the context, it, it looks like E.T. is going up to like talk to his alien buddy. But really, E.T. was like about to pop the trunk right, on right. him. Just like running up to him. You know. He said, this is my turf. Get out of here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Big ears. I don't know. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of species are you? I don't. Are, are you a Krogu? You don't, you don't get that reference? Not Fuck. yet. Time travelers, though. Do you know about Instagram? Do you know Stephen Fisher? <laughs> I, I like this, too. I was going to throw that out there, that he was looking for me, but he found Steven Spielberg instead, and they made this beautiful movie together. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks. I almost had it. Damn it! Almost so got close. Him. I almost got God damn it! Film. Maybe next time. Um, <laughs> speaking of the the Halloween scene, I I love that. That was my favorite oh, scene when I was growing great, up. Man, that that's definitely amongst my my top scenes for this rewatch. Um, but I love the the costumes that they they all have mm-hmm. cooked up. Like I would never have guessed in, until the mom specifically said it that Elliot was going to be a hunchback. He just looked like fucking Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> right. to me. And, it's like uh, 80s the, homemade the, stuff. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, 
the the sister Drew Barrymore. She's dressed as Jesse from Toy Story, and then the the older brother. He looks like he's got like this fake beard, and he's got a, a top hat, but also there's a knife through his head. And I love the ET is like, oh, <laughs> like tries to touch his head and like fix it. It's like no, dude, it's a fucking it's fucking it's, details, it's man. It's fake knife. Um, it's but like how would an like, alien react to that? Ouch, yeah, man, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that they. They got a costume for E.T. just so he can go out. But I was like, man, it's fucked up. They dressed him up like a Klansman. Right. But it is I don't a know. Weird. Like, it, it is a, a little bit unnerving. But, you know, I didn't see a, a brown face in that entire <laughs> suburb. So I was like, oh, OK. Well, you know, it was the 80s. Uh, they didn't allow. <laughs> they weren't invented yet. None of us were around yet. I was the first <laughs> one. You know, later, <laughs> later this year. <laughs> you were the first. I was the first wow. one. Wow! Yeah, amazing. Was the prototype, amazing. and they're like, "Oh, we can we can certainly do better than this." I do love that ET is a Halloween movie. I forget about that. I wouldn't really watch yeah. it around Halloween necessarily. Like we watched so many horror things then, but uh, I totally love that it takes place around and and all in that holiday. And it's so fun how they use it for plot reasons and everything to get him out of the mm-hmm. house. But um, yeah, it's just always fun to see anybody Halloween stuff again. Another Stranger Things, they kind of pull an ET when they show that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And like the mom was dressed up like a cat or whatever and sexy cat like honestly D yeah Walls can you get know. it man i'm not even ashamed to say mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah she'll just fucking call you penis breath and then laugh at you and then like okay let's get it popping you know wow i don't know why but that really hit hit a, a chord and i like it it's like a little emasculating but in a good way yeah steven's microphone just adjusted um but like she was like sitting around at her house and she it looked like she was waiting. I, I must have missed some dialogue about what she was waiting on. But I thought it was just a scene trick or treaters and stuff. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? She's just getting out of candy. Oh, OK. Because it seemed like, you know what Halloween is, right? <laughs> Why were all these kids dressed up as other people? <laughs> no, I thought she was like waiting on uh, someone to I, like I thought she call? had like a a little bit. Right, yeah. Right. I thought she had a fellow that was coming over and might be. He yeah. didn't show. And so she was like sitting there and she was like bummed out and there's it didn't have to be in the movie, but I'm so glad it is. She was like putting out one of the little like tea candles or whatever. She kept like trying to like touch her wand to it to put it out. Then eventually she just like smacks it and it finally goes out. I was like, man, I'm so (laughs) glad this is in here. It doesn't really connect with her. Yeah, it doesn't advance the plot right. at all. But like, I've been there before where I've like had to blow out a candle multiple times. It's like, fuck you, right. you know, like you just like have to settle its hash or whatever. I wonder if that was uh, totally, you know, just a mistake too. Like she was just supposed to blow it out like for the scene real quick, whatever. But yeah. like that's the natural moments that get in the you know, yes. snuck in the movie, or whatever. It, yeah, it seemed real yeah, to me. I love that. But um, at that point, she like leaves the house. She gets in her car. She has the wand in her mouth, and she's like mumbling something. So I thought she was like going somewhere to do some, like going to a, a Halloween party mm. or uh, going to do something. I I, I kind of lost the thread on right. what she had going on. But the next thing we we see of her is she's at home uh, with the other two kids, and she's like worried, sick, talking to a police officer, trying to figure out where. Ellie was she, is yeah I don't remember that was she going to find try to like look for him maybe I don't remember the timeline of that yeah maybe maybe it was the kids past curfew yeah, or something and, and she was like mad they weren't home or whatever right. but they do do the thing in uh like they do in scary movies where she opens the refrigerator right. she's talking to the cop or laying information she eventually shuts it and Elliot is just right there and uh instead of like a jump scare I found myself like with a jump comfort. Oh, that's a good like, way go to this it. boy, right. give him a hug, you know? Yeah, yeah. This 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 whole movie feels so fucking cozy to me. Oh yeah, good I just, word for it. I just love it. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of cozy, one of my little notes I wanted to put was uh, there's Hulk is everywhere in this. Uh, not just yeah. the Star Wars, but he light has, switch. Right, yeah, his light switch. Yeah. He had pajamas. Yeah. He had a poster on the wall. So that was poster, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because then I I I don't know when the like the Hulk TV show was like the late seventies, right? Yeah, Remember, right. So it seems like it would have been yeah. big for him. Uh, but by, by the time I got older, I wasn't. I was never into the Hulk um, until like Avengers came out, really. Um, right. But uh, at that time, I, I liked that that he did um, much like the the Star Wars stuff he had. So this is another thing. You know, this is a uni- universal movie. They have the Hulk in it, similar to Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, where Lil Bow Wow has a <laughs> incredible Hulk themed car. Oh wow! It. I didn't remember that. Yeah, so I think Forgot maybe that one. early on Universal had uh, content rights to yeah. the Hulk that they were like, let's throw this in there. He's a little kid. They Throw <laughs> this on that little shit's wall. He'll love it. They've never known what to do with the Hulk, but they do like to pick him out to other <laughs> yeah. movies, apparently. They can distribute the fuck <laughs> out of him. They'll throw him in whatever the fuck. I was going to mention, too, that I, I think, I don't know why we brought up uh, Tokyo Drift so many times in this, this episode, but I feel like I brought it up earlier, too. But one of my yeah. uh, notes I wanted to add when I was uh, finishing this movie this morning was the the... The bicycle chase of like the cops on the in the cars chasing the kids in the bicycles through a new development. What it was <laughs> yeah. like the the best chase until Tokyo Drift also had a chase <laughs> scene or like a yeah. racing scene in a in a development mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but it's like there's a good look to that. I don't know why, but um, it's like they can go so many places. Like they can get away from the cops yeah. that way. It just has like a, another good feeling. Like there's there's so much as I, I tried to mention earlier. Like the cinematography of this movie that's what I was writing notes down. Like those little bits where it's just like, Oh, they just found this. It looks like they just found a development in California to film around and it's perfect. And then there are so many bits that are just iconic to me. Like, like that shed scene you said with like the lights, the way they, the lights mm-hmm. show up and the, the, the way it's just filmed and framed, everything about it is just so beautiful. And so many times I just kept writing down like, Oh my God, this is one of those iconic things. Like the moon, yeah. obviously like flying in front of the moon is iconic, but um, that's not even my favorite thing in here. Like one of my favorite yeah. shots is just those kids playing D and D around a smoky table in the middle of suburbia. And I was like, that was my childhood. Like it looks like mm-hmm. I remember the eighties, uh, very smoky. Yeah. And, uh, and just, I don't know, like teens hanging out or whatever, ordering pizza and the shit. So yeah, just got a good sure. vibes yeah. all around cozy movie. Like you said, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And like that shot with ET coming out of that shed and he's backlit and you know, in reality, if a, if you were in an enclosed space like that, with that bright of a light, you would instantly go blind. You would <laughs> probably like have to lay up for a week, week and a half, something like that, till you got your sight back. But it just fucking works right. for the the storytelling of it all. It's more impressionistic than yeah. literal. Cinematic. And that's something I really right. a- appreciated with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You're, yeah, cinematic. That's a good word for it. They should make a movie out of this. <laughs> but there's like a whole... Movies aren't real life. And if they were, it'd be boring. And... You want them to be extra. You want them to be magical. And yeah, they might not look like lights or how our real world looks, but that's what's all the better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking works, man. Um, Elliot says something at one point in the movie where I think it's when he's uh, showing the showing E.T. to his sister, maybe brother. They're like, is it a boy or a girl? And he's like, it's a boy. Like, oh, I wondered how that. Do you know? Is it just because he's foreskin? Is that how he knows? <laughs> he's like, his whole body is obviously a penis. He's a yeah, boy. <laughs> smell him. Smell him. You can tell. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Uh, I thought that was. I, I thought that, that. And much like the rainbow might not happen today at the end of the movie, yeah. uh, I was like, they might also avoid that for good reasons and just be like, 
he doesn't need to be anything right like yeah. is anybody gonna fuck him then no whatever like do you <laughs> yeah, see him pee like, anytime no then whatever <laughs> yeah all i know is he pisses and shits out of the same pole so i think he has a cloaca <laughs> you know they i'm sorry they I have a cloaca if there's like shit stains because he's like really low to the ground like if he oh, was like yeah. doing a trail everywhere he goes like he doesn't know i don't know he seems obviously yeah. they, they made interstellar travel they're smarter than we are so and, and he's in the intergalactic council or whatever the shit in star wars so mm-hmm. you know you'd, you'd think that they're better than that but at the same time he's not wearing pants uh i'm just saying yeah. his butthole was on that that lazy boy I, like honestly he doesn't even have to be the one creating the spaceship technology flying right. the spaceship like, i don't know that you shit know? Yeah. yeah he could just be the, the the one that's dumb enough to like go down to the surface of an alien planet and get a a, a sample of some type of vegetation to bring it back on right and then he just got left behind or whatever he doesn't he's not even a scientist he's just a collector like he's just yeah exactly (laughs) he doesn't even know better we have we have an rss feed for this podcast if somebody put a gun to my head it was like how does this work i'd be like i just pull the fucking trigger i could not even tell you could you set it up again no 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 i could not (laughs) yeah yeah Then I get a little to it, and I'm like, pull the trigger. Hey. Go ahead. Sometimes you like Do that. It. You like a little danger in your life, Brent. Ooh, a little danger. Oh, you're a little bitch. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I I do have a few more notes. I, I know I want to get to a few things, but I feel like we're also getting really long in this episode. I don't know how long you want yeah. to go with this. Uh, in particular, I wanted to ask you about your double features, because I had some okay. as well. And I wanted to talk about its Oscar nominations and wins and other than that i think that's kind of my notes right now so what do, what do okay. you got uh let, let me try to rush through these so uh going back to reese's pieces there's a, a sect of the east coast of this nation in america that pronounces them oh reese's pieces i'm so glad you mentioned it's like guys why it's it's pieces is a word right we can we all know agree on this reese's is before it we've all heard the name reese before yep. it's a, a somewhat common last name here in america mm-hmm. it's reese's pieces not reese's pieces pieces is not a word i'm so glad you brought this up i i get annoyed some people just say reese's as well instead of reese's and i try to let yeah. that one go because it's just like people say things differently whatever but i'm like you know what an apostrophe s is like it's, it's never ease. <laughs> it's us yeah you know reese's mm-hmm. uh but i yeah. feel like they were trying to help people pronounce their name better by making it rhyme with pieces yep uh-huh. and then people were just like oh well now i'm just gonna call this pieces it's like yeah god damn it this is this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> exactly you know I mean? yeah yeah so if that's so, you out there listener i apologize but i hate you mm-hmm. yeah and i i try to let it go but i can't yeah so shout out to ricey's pisces <laughs> Um, also Drew Barrymore, she says, I don't like his feet. And then it got me to thinking, do you think E.T. has a low ranking on wiki feet? I, I think if Drew Barrymore runs a wiki feet, then yes. Or if your wife does. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Not a fan of feet over there. She's not. I never really, really I don't remember seeing his feet as much though. It's just like three little toes. Right. It's almost like a foot, but on. I'm sorry, a hand, but on your foot. Oh, right, right. I, I do like uh, the, after the first time that you see uh, that Elliot has found him in the shed and he brings everybody out to go find him. The brother that you see that weird ass foot, like you see those uh, footprints in the in the yeah. dirt. And the brother's like, ah, coyotes are back. And I was like, you fucking that's not what a coyote looks like. It's <laughs> yeah. not coyote tracks. This guy, like you said, he's trying to be the, the head of the house. He's trying to be the man of the house, whatever. But he can't track things. That that actor with the last name 
Coyote. Yeah. He steps into frame. He's like, it wasn't me. It fucking wasn't me. You little kids are fucking liars. It was in the special edition, though. They cut it out, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the unrated cut. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out what E.T.'s powers were because he can, like, float objects, including himself and Elliot in front of the iconic moon mm-hmm. uh, that we've all uh, All those kids, yeah. He can revive flowers, right? Um, which uh, appears to be tied to his own health or whatever. So then I was like, does E.T. have the force? You know, Ooh. because this this is technically a Star Wars movie. There you go. You know, we've confirmed it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since the so, fact. I think he has the force. I I wish he would have pulled out a lightsaber. Now uh, I'm glad he didn't. But um, I again, like, it's just one of those things I just let be. It's like I don't I don't understand aliens. I don't know how he got here. Uh, clearly, yeah. he's got some powers. I don't really understand the glowing heart thing or whatever like i don't understand the yeah. connection he has with elliot but i like it i didn't realize until rewatching it this time that that connection started like almost immediately um mm. like when he's scared of something and then like elliot's in the kitchen and he like drops the food that he's trying to grab for him because he gets scared like that happens like immediately and then it gets they get closer and closer throughout that uh, so yeah I, I i i'm intrigued by his powers but they don't bother me yeah um it's almost like E.T. imprinted on Elliot, similar to if you're like a, I don't know, 20-year-old werewolf boy. And, and a baby? A woman you've, you've had a crush weird. on has a baby, and then you're like, let me see that baby. Hey. You know? It's like, no, you get out of here. Jacob? No. It's so fucking weird, man. I still can't let that one yeah. go. We'll see when we get yeah. to it. Oh, God. I know. Get ready. All right. It'll happen. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a you know, something else I was gonna say I don't remember, but um, there's a, a scene where they're in like science class. They're getting ready to dissect frogs, which they kind of bring back toward the end of the movie with the 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 scientists and you know after ET apparently dies, Elliot says something to uh, that one guy, I guess Coyote Man, mm-hmm. where he's like, "You guys are just gonna take him and dissect him, take him apart." And the the guy doesn't really acknowledge it, but, you know, he kind of knows, right. yeah, that is the modus operandi for. So um, I, I do like the thematic connection there, mm-hmm. but also it made me think, like, why did we have to do this shit when we were kids? Like, oh, right. how often does this come up in real life where, like, okay, here's what the other adults won't tell you. <laughs> Once you turn 18, there's a severe likelihood <laughs> that you will be attacked by a gang of frogs. Listen up. Say. Stop making paper airplanes. Listen to me for a minute. Now, you will have to dissect them. It's the only way to take them out. They're like zombies in that way. So you dissect you them. Take out you the throw heart. them in some, some formaldehyde in a jar. You put it on a shelf for a long time. Let it get dusty. It's the only way to defeat them. Uh, I, I can't argue against any of that. Okay. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, the actual line from the movie is E.T. home phone. And then they Drew Barrymore then says E.T. phone home. Oh, she like she flips him? the last two words. Interesting. Yeah. I never and then that. I think E.T. E.T. was just like trying to say what is the best way to reach him. It's like E.T. home phone. I don't have cell service <laughs> out here. <laughs> I, I'm on a, Call landline. I still have singular. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's basically not good for anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else? What else? Uh, White E.T. I thought he looked great. Um, it really, like, Wait, what was added that? to... 
the uh, when E.T. is dying, essentially, oh, okay. he, he starts to turn white. <laughs> this is after he dresses up like a Klansman, but, you know, I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, but, yeah, like when when he was uh, dying, it looked uh, like his, it, it, it doesn't look like they just covered the existing E.T. in like white mm. paint or whatever. It had this like it flakiness really and texture to yeah, it. Yeah. That, yeah, it looked like he was dehydrating or whatever um i thought that was good like when he was found by mike in the water almost face down uh that was like when i was watching it Mm -hmm. um you know i I watched this movie earlier today before recording this i was like oh no like it 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 literally like oh like scared you i had essentially become friends with et at this point and i've seen this movie before you know when i was a, a child so i knew the the ending but even still i was like so wrapped up in the moment that i was like oh no what happened to my friend or whatever you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah did did he start getting sick because elliot started to get a cold i don't quite understand all that yeah i don't okay. i don't know why he like went off on his own and elliot lost him and they had to go back home and mm-hmm. then like they're both like why is he in the water like why i don't i don't really quite get it i i kind of think you're right like elliot started getting a cold and they had that connection and then he can't deal with our cold or something um, yeah. But then also, like, I don't know why at the end, like, he does, like, die, but then comes back, or it's like, did he really die? I, I still don't know. Yeah. I just, like, I just go with it uh, at this point, especially this many mm-hmm. years later, but yeah. Uh, and that brings me to my next note is that I remember the government being the villains in the movie when I watched this when I was mm-hmm. little. But then when I this watched really, this yeah. movie, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. today, I was like, I feel like when E.T. is dying, I feel like they are genuinely trying to save him. Oh, I agree with that. Do you not yes. feel the same way? Yeah. I think that they, they're, uh, but they are not listening to Elliot. And Elliot, they don't understand that Elliot has a connection with him and stuff. They're not listening to the, the kids kind of thing. That's how I kind of get it. So it's like adults are bad because they don't listen to kids. But like the coyote man, mm. <laughs> I would love if that's just, <laughs> but to say it through that little flaps, like, I get They call me the coyote. <laughs> anyway. What's up with this alien? <laughs> but he asks him, what are we, what do we need to do that we have not tried to do already? And I really like that piece of oh, dialogue yeah. because it, it, it really makes it seem like he's there specifically, like through his other dialogue, right. he mentioned that he's always wanted something like this to happen. He, he's always wanted mm-hmm. to meet an alien Since just to confirm alien life or whatever. Right. He finally got that chance. Now, what can I genuinely do right. to help this alien survive or whatever? Now, maybe... The subtext beyond that is like, oh, good. He's healthy again. All right. Load up the dog cages. Right. We'll, uh, we'll throw them in there. You know? Yeah. I feel like there's but, always uh, nefarious things behind that. Even if he is probably better, the government that he's working for, like all the rest of the guys, like they're going to dissect this. They're, they're going to do bad things. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're never going to accept that they could just be friends with an alien and then try yeah. to get him home. They would never mm-hmm. let him go home, that kind of stuff. So even though he might be a little more childlike or, or accepting or whatever, um, there's still the underlying idea that, like, adults are going to fuck this up is kind of how I gather. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just the, the general consensus. I don't trust them. I don't trust adults. Have <laughs> you met right. any? Fucking awful people. I, I meet one every morning Ugh. in the mirror. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> go on now. Get. You better this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to light some incense once he gets out of out of range um all right so uh it, it was kind of around this moment where uh the coyote says do you want to say do you want to 
have a moment with him. So he opens up the hatch. There's a beautiful shot of Elliot looking through that hatch, even though it's just like a door that's open. You can simply walk around. But I love that it's framed that way. Mm -hmm. It's just something about it that really works for me. And he says his goodbyes. And I started to tear up. And I think that that's like, I don't remember the last time that something like that happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was just like, wow, this, this is so fucking powerful. And then, um, yeah, that's that's about the time that like E.T. dies. At, but like he just comes back for, I don't know, you know, movie needs to happen. Right, so right. He's, he's back. Uh, but his chest, like you were saying earlier, it glows. And his the way I don't remember this as a child, but I remember his chest glowing. But I don't remember seeing his actual beating heart. And every time I saw it, I was just like, ah, you can just put that away. We, we can get a shirt for this guy. <laughs> just put a shirt on him. You know, we got a tank top it's or a something. revealing. Like you, you can actually see the heart in there and and like beating and whatnot. I was like, God damn, these special effects are nice. It's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, like he looks amazing. Uh, I would love though, if ET was walking around in a tank top, this whole movie, that'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he was drinking Coors. He's almost there, you know, he's got the whole kid rock look really. Yeah. 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 Hopefully not the same views though. Um, and, uh, Steven, I got to say, uh, so, you know, we go through the rest of the movie. We've already talked about, though, the walkie-talkies turned, uh, being turned from guns back into guns and all that stuff. Uh, we get to the end of the movie, and this is where the kids uh, say their goodbyes to E.T., and then Elliot says his goodbye mm. to E.T. And as soon as they fucking hug, I started crying. Oh. In an l mm. first, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like Fast Five, but I believe this is the first time I've watched a movie for this podcast where I actually was like crying. Wow! Because it's it just like really mm, hit me, it. you know. Um, you know, and like people just have like good relationships with people or whatever. There, you know, I I lost my dog last summer, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, and I still like think about him regularly. And it really doesn't take much right. to like get me there. To where I'm just like, oh my god, I, I miss my poor cage. He's it's like Harry he's Thomas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and then like when when et he lights up his finger and he like Ugh. uh points at elliot's forehead he's like i'm always here or whatever oh my god i'm about to do it again <laughs> holy shit it's emotional it's man just, i'm with you it's, it's fucking so oh, emotional it's, it's heavy everything from the 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 script to the direction right. to the score holy shit the score this is where uh fucking john williams was like mm-hmm. dude i told you to be fucking fired bro <laughs> sparks of a fat dude i will pull out those heartstrings I will get yeah. that man to cry. Oh, my God. And he did. Yeah. He and then music at uh, the end. God. Oh, fits the scene. Oh it's so God. amazing. Um, I just I just love this fucking I'm movie. I'm so glad to hear that, man. That's amazing. It's great. Like, I'm going <laughs> to... I had to rent this on iTunes. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for whenever it's on sale, right. and then I'll just end up buying it, because it's just uh, a masterclass of uh, just... You know, people talk about like family friendly movies or whatever. And a lot of that is just like, oh, this movie is trash. It's just like anyone can see this trash. You know, it's a I don't really put a lot of uh, stake into something when somebody says something is family friendly. But this is every ounce of that. This is like a a a Pixar movie to Mm, me almost. mm -hmm. It's just like it operates on a few different levels. And then it's just it. It it, uh, has tons of heart to it. Yeah. I'm just uh, so glad we got to uh, rewatch it and then discuss it on this this episode. That's amazing, dude. And uh, and totally random, too. Like we were just trying to figure out something to do last last week or whatever. And you just threw this one out there. And it's like, there you go. It's amazing. 
It was a panic pick, but uh, I'm, <laughs> glad, panic I'm glad pick. it worked out. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted to uh, mention some of the uh, Oscar stuff that it had um, with this movie because it got nominated for a bunch and it won a few. So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different awards it was nominated for. It won four. So this was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score, Cinematography, Film Editing, Sound Effects Editing, Sound and Visual Effects. It won for Score. That's amazing for John Williams. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, sound Effects Editing, Best Sound and Best Visual Effects. So definitely wow. worthy ones. That, for a lot of sci-fi stuff at the Academy Awards, they generally only w- win like the technical awards, the effects and sound kind of stuff. But um, this lost Best Picture, even the fact it was nominated for Best Picture is amazing and it should have been. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lost to... Um, fucking like uh ah oh fuck Kundun or something like that it's like this uh it lost oh no to gandhi uh lost to gandhi oh there's a movie called okay. Kundun, um that i was reading about with some of these the same people and whatever but uh lost to the movie gandhi and uh richard attenborough did uh that one i i guess and he said that he was shocked that they won and that et did not and that he considered et the best film of that year so even the the winner Is- of that was like no we didn't win this <laughs> is richard attenborough the same attenborough that's in jurassic park uh i think he uh yeah um or, or oh wait no that was jim belushi oh, sorry yeah I always oh, mix we those two up, yeah. up. <laughs> or was it their brother jimmy or their other yeah. brother james <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know uh he was the yeah he was the director or, or so David? yeah the john hammond himself uh won okay best picture over et in 1982 that's crazy and uh but he do, he said that et was the better movie so maybe that's why he ended up doing jurassic park i wonder interesting yeah, do you think call. that's why steven spielberg picked him it's like i'm not letting this happen a fucking <laughs> day i'll tell you that you're gonna be in my you're movie gonna be in my bitch. movie now bitch <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent. okay so i'm glad that you brought up uh as a as a closing note to all this um you had brought up double features with this i also had some double feature yes. picks i even started some Great. so uh, i was curious for you though what did you come up with when you were watching this I only had one, and it's purely by happenstance. This was on TV uh, later in the day. Uh, I don't even know what channel it was on, but I saw The Iron Giant was on. I was like, oh, my God, this would be a wonderful pick. There you go. Because it's very... Uh, tons of heart. Uh, it's a Warner Brothers production mm-hmm. this time, but uh, still, it's got uh, a little boy who meets uh, a strange being right. out of out of nowhere, essentially. He has to do his best to hide them from the government mm-hmm. who shows up. And uh, it's just hits a lot of the same notes, but in a different way. Uh, The Iron Giant, I believe, takes place in the like 40s or 50s, Mm -hmm. something like that. And I think that it was a Brad Bird movie as well, whom I like a lot. So, uh, yeah, just like E.T. and then Into the Iron Giant would be a slam dunk. Uh, Maybe a little a little too close for some, but I think it's I I, I like both movies independently. I think they're think they're great. And uh have you seen the Iron Giant? I was going to say, that'd be a perfect one for us to put on the list because I've never seen oh my it. God. Um, I actually kind of want to watch it with you, though, because I okay. know you're a big fan of it. Um, I've tried mm. it a few times, but uh, I knew it was better than... I've, I've said this before. It was it was better than the mood I was in at that moment. I was like, this movie's yeah. more important than I'm going to give it credit for right now. I need to like kind of yeah. wait. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been kind of putting it off for a while, but it sounds like it'd be a perfect companion movie for this, so... That's yeah, awesome. Totally now right. you have seen the Iron Giant in film in the movie Ready right. Player One, which is also such directed a cool by look. Steven Spielberg. Right, just a lot of circular but stuff. I would here. say, 
even though you like that movie now, after you watch The Iron Giant, you'll be able to watch Ready Player One again and be like, oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Dude, that giant is iron. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay. I, I see what they're doing. They're working on some levels. Okay. It'll definitely give me some more emotional weight, uh, which would be nice. Yeah. And, uh, and I know. Yeah, like, he's made out of, out of iron. I just said it. <laughs> it's very heavy. He's heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So my double features with this would be... Um, my my first one, the one that I didn't watch, was uh, Super Eight. Obviously, a it's a JJ oh, Abrams yeah. movie, but made in the same kind of mold. But instead of the befriending a nice alien, it is a uh, uh, I wouldn't say a bad alien. It's just a, a more violent one that eats people and shit. And it's also you know there's like government men chasing them and all that kind of stuff. It also has like a, a an emotional ending where like the uh, spoilers for that, I guess, but the creature's like leaving, you know, and there's a, a big sweeping score and everything. And, uh, it just has the same kind of vibes. Obviously they were going for those vibes. So, uh, that's yeah. a good one. But the one I ended up starting to watch, uh, that was really similar to this was the, uh, movie Paul with, uh, Sonny <laughs> Peg and, and Nick Frost. I thought about Paul a little oh, bit too. Dude, yeah. Perfect mm-hmm. for this because, uh, mm-hmm. for one, there's a, a Steven Spielberg cameo in it where they reveal that Paul has is this aliens come to earth and he's like voiced by Seth Rogen. He's like a, uh, it's like a comedy kind of silly movie, but I love it. It's so good. And he's like in area 51 on the phone with Spielberg. And he talks about like, Oh, well, why don't you do like a transmutification by cellular revivification? And he's like, what's that? And he's like, it means healing. And he's like, Oh, and his, his finger can glow. And then when he touches him, it heals him. And he's like, that's a little much. So they even talk about E.T. in that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another scene, that, the one I, I just finished before this show. Uh, I, I stopped the movie in the middle of it. Uh, they, they stop at a gas station. They're on like a road trip. And they stop at a gas station. And uh, out the window, uh, Paul, the, the alien, is like, give me some Reese's Pieces. And I'm like, there you fucking go. Oh, like yeah. It also mm-hmm. came yep. from him. He just happens to really like them. So uh, they, it's more of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of homage to this movie, but it also has a lot of heart in that movie as well. So uh, yeah. I thought it was a great mm-hmm. double feature. I really liked watching these together. You know, I recommended that movie to this guy once, and he was a big, like, Christian guy. <laughs> and it was, I didn't think about it until after the fact because I was like, oh, it's aliens. Right, you right. know, it's got some, like, funny humor in it and, and whatnot. And then after the fact, I was like, Oh yeah, he's like he's like deep into the lore of uh of JC, right, you know. Right. And then I I talked to him like uh I don't know, the next time I saw him, I was like, "Did you ever watch Paul?" He's like, "Yeah, I turned it off. I didn't like it." And I was like, <laughs> okay, "Okay, say no whatever. more." <laughs> I know why you didn't like it. <laughs> I think at, when that movie came, I think it's like a 2011, I think Paul is something like that. When it came out, I was still I was uh closer to my atheism, but I was still in kind of the middle of that, but I remember not liking it as much, and that was one of the parts. Is uh, there's a character who's like really religious, and then Paul's like, "That's all bullshit," and he tries to give her like the knowledge of the universe, essentially, to show her uh, how how we came to be and whatever, and why there's so many aliens out there and all this stuff. And uh, it was a little uh, offensive. It's much like the movie Saved. There's a movie called Saved from like 2007 yeah. or something like that. I hated it because I was in the I was in the throes of that. Uh, for a long time and then once i've gotten out of it and revisited those movies now i'm like oh they're so well done like those in, mm-hmm. those moments in particular are so uh, i can totally see that from both perspectives of, as that you know super christian guy not being like i this turned me off and then now being like yeah. oh my god of course it would because you you believe all this stuff and whatever blah blah, blah. uh yeah. yeah it works really well for me 
There's a movie called, I think it's called Yes, God, Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. Have you seen that movie? I did. I actually I, almost watched it the other day. That's totally random. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I think about that movie every once uh, in a while. I've not seen it, uh, but okay. I've, I've, it's, good. It's, it's been on like a number of queues, depending on what streaming service it shows up right. on. And I'm like, God damn, I, I need to clear time out of my schedule because I feel like this is something that would be right up my oh, alley, totally. you know, because it's about like uh, the conformity of religion uh, bearing down on your sexuality right. and just being like a sexual person. And I think, uh, I'm like, man, this, I feel like this could really speak to me, but I have just never like sat down to right. watch that movie, but, um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. It has the, the sister Nancy from uh, stranger things in it. And she's, she's right, great. Yeah. And it, I, it's like the first role I'd seen her outside of stranger things. And she's great mm-hmm. in this as well. Um, I actually saw it the other day cause it's, uh, it's on my plex. So I saw it like pop up and I was like, Oh, I, I haven't seen that in a while. I remember liking it. Um, and I thought in particular that would be a great double feature with saved, because they both they both deal with <laughs> right. like sexuality and religion and and feeling bad about yourself and like shameful, you know. But um, yeah, she's she's pretty great and it's pretty funny. I would I would definitely check. Uh, yes, God, yes, and it's great. Fuck yeah, title because it's like yeah. yes, God, yes. You know, is that mm-hmm. a pretty good? Conversion? I think so. Yeah, I just I think my microphone okay. shifted this time. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Your glasses got a little fogged up there too. Thank you. Let me wipe those off. <laughs> um, all right. Any other notes for you on ET then, man? No, no, I think we uh, touched on everything I that uh, I wanted to discuss. And uh, man, yeah, it was a, it was a blast. I'm glad that we traveled all the way back to the year of my birth Indeed. for uh, discussing this. But uh, it really paid off. I, I have a renewed uh, respect, fondness and love for this movie now. So yeah. it, uh, it really paid off in spades for me. Ah, dude, I love that. You? I love that you revisited it and it still liked it. I was kind of afraid after all that time. I didn't know. I mean, it's a great movie. I knew that, but you never yeah. know. Um, I'm glad it actually like touched your heart and everything. It's great. Um, it is such an emotionally beautiful movie and Mm -hmm. everything about it. The more I watched it, the more I was just like, God, it's like, uh, it's an era. It's a time. It's, uh, it's feeling it's, it's wonderful. It's wondrous. I love it. So I'm, I'm so glad you did too, man. It was a, it was a blast watching it and talking about it with you. So absolutely. Absolutely. Goddamn. Absolutely. Well, so I know what we have planned to record next week, but I feel like right. we might be putting that out of order again so we can't announce that do we have one we're gonna announce yet um no i don't someday we're I doing think... barbarian i know that someday <laughs> at some <laughs> at some point yeah i think we're going to uh reconfigure how we approach barbarian from the uh the first time that we did it and then the episode essentially is just lost at this right. point but um, we'll come back to it at the I, end I of the think... month maybe yeah i think so i hope yeah. so uh, because we have plans for June. Right. We have other things already planned, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the almost like we have something, I think, for most of the rest of the, the calendar right. um, kind of peppered throughout. Yeah, we yeah. have some blank spots or whatever. But I do think the episode we're recording next weekend uh, will come out that following weekend. OK. Or I'm sorry, that following Tuesday. OK. So I think we're kind of essentially back on schedule instead of having that one week. OK, gotcha. So we can there, like, announce it. We had a, a one week buffer for one week and uh, <laughs> and, and change in a few days. <laughs> and ch- okay, okay, we had it for nine days. All right, fine. Um, it worked really but, well for uh, a little we, bit. And then it, it really did. It, it really did. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, should we? I announce think we what should. The next so 
last year okay. obviously uh we did a huge matrix uh may matrix month where we did all the matrix movies and we had a bunch of guests on it was a ton of fun and one of those guests was tilly and she is a transgender woman who has reviewed the matrix films as a transgender allegory so last year we were able to have her on later in the year i think it was like even like november ish uh we were gonna have her on and we had a bunch of scheduling issues couldn't have her on for a long time but when we finally did it was a wonderful discussion we ended up talking a lot more just about general trans issues and rights and then a little bit about the matrix so we definitely wanted to have her back on uh she does right. have a book coming out now i think it's called beyond transmission or begin transmission begin transmission begin transmission yes. uh, a mm-hmm. book coming out in june about this uh, trans allegory in the matrix based on her twitter threads that she'd written about this and that's how we'd found her through our buddy will fish had told us about her initially and then uh she's a lovely person uh she has her own podcast now about a lot of these issues as well so uh we're really glad to have her back uh to do another mm-hmm. matrix episode so we're going to get more yeah. into the trans allegories of the matrix and i'm super pumped because it is wild and wonderful i love fan theories and then when they're fan theories this uh almost like far out there and then you realize oh my god it's all it feels like so true uh to the story and like purposeful based on two Mm -hmm. uh directors who are trans women now as well so it just feels like yeah this was all there and and now it's been revealed to us much like you know revealing the matrix to someone that was uh amongst it so uh very glad Mm -hmm. to have her back and i'm really looking forward to it for sure, if anyone wants to check out the previous episode that was from last year, 2022, episode 263, Gender Euphoria feature, featuring Tilly Bridges. And uh, yeah, it was a great episode. Oh, yeah. uh, Steven put together a wonderful interview with Tilly. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to talk to her again. Me too, man. Um, you know, it is, she's coming on to promote a book. And you know, <laughs> you know, you and you know how I feel about that. But <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm excited for it. I've, I've pre ordered it. I'm excited to read it again. I, I, as far as I know, it's mostly just those same kind of threads uh, kind of put together in book form. But I, I think she has some new th- new insights, new things in there. So uh, I think it'll be it'd be cooler that way to to read it all together. And then I can fill you in on what happens in there. But uh, we're going to be able to ask her a lot of great questions next week. I suppose if they started out as tweets and then later became a book. Yeah, you read tweets, right? Huh. You, okay. you read a book. uh 240 characters or 280 characters at a time yeah it's almost like those those missives have transitioned into becoming a book <laughs> yeah okay okay like, okay maybe i can get on board with this it's okay. almost like a trick all right, but this... maybe you can get behind it that's all right you know what i i think i can get on board with this yeah right on man well really looking Mm -hmm. forward to that uh also if you'd like to contact us about et or or whatever you can do that through uh as we said instagram twitter that kind of stuff you can find us all the infos in our show notes you can also rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps five stars is always appreciated and please tell your friends so more people can find us please do yes well brent i had a blast today talking about et excited to come back next week to talk to our guest tilly about the cool matrix and then after that we will definitely hit up barbarian again i know we are excited to get that out to the world and talk more about it uh i'm excited Mm -hmm. honestly i know it sucks to have that lost episode but i was like i get to watch barbarian again okay that sounds (laughs) kind of cool to me i wouldn't have watched this soon probably but uh i'm into it because it's fucking creepy as shit so I'm down. Well, for that. I still have all of my notes from the first time we recorded it. So are you not going to rewatch uh, just, it? Uh, be prepared to be surprised at the same shit oh, I say. Well, yeah. Uh, for the first I'll time. Be like, what? <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I might go back and rewatch it. I, I might see if uh, I do have my same notes, but I will probably just rewatch yeah. it for a refresher, I guess. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it's just a yeah. cool fucking movie. So yeah, spoiler, but we'll we announce it. that it's. At, yeah, we'll announce yeah, that yeah, as we yeah. get closer to getting ready to record that. The only I just know some people are waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing I'll say is, listener, you made it this far into this fucking show. Oh, don't even worry. We have some fantastic outtakes. Some of the best you. we've ever done. Now, are they offensive? Yeah. yeah. Don't don't listen to this out loud around <laughs> any Italians, but we make it right. I think by the end that's a good way to put it yeah I think that's great Uh man well uh, definitely come back next week Uh, super excited to have everybody listen to that episode and we're gonna have a lot more cool stuff in store so until next time I'm Steven I'm Brent and let's talk later ouch oh god oh god here we go here come the waterworks (laughs) we'll record on three one two Record! Oh gosh. It's a scary one. Snuck up on you. Yeah, it did. That's right. Just mm-hmm. like you in the bathroom. That's right. I don't think Steven looks puckered enough, I <laughs> said to myself. I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> I think I can solve this problem. Yeah, I believe that would happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like so the, friends the toilet and look who's talking to. Give me a poo poo in your pee-pee. <laughs> he used to scare me as a child. Oh, absolutely. Fucking terrifying. It's so aggressive, you it know. Is really it's like, aggressive. why? Why do you want it so bad? You know, right. I certainly don't want it. It is a literal waste. I'm trying to get rid of. Right. Why do you want it, toilet monster? Yeah, he's a little overzealous for a child's poop. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't exactly. even think about it being a kid's poop. That's it's a disgusting. kid's poop. It's like extra creepy, but it's like I know it's from the mind of the kid. That's the idea. But we all from know the mind of this child. <laughs> exactly. He's not the screenwriter. Spoiler alert: that little kid. Yeah. He's not the screenwriter. It was adults mm-hmm. that did that. So I'm just saying it's kind of wow. weird. That is crazy. You know how there's a writer strike going on right now? Yeah. As of this record in a Hollyweird. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if they just like <laughs> brought back a uh, child? Uh, what do you call that? Like labor? Child labor. Thank you. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Nobody's writing these lines. I'll tell you that. Uh, what if they brought back child labor? Just in the off chance that there's another writer strike, they could just make some children do it, you know? Uh, you know, some states are, are trying to like roll back some laws about, you know, children being able to work. So, yeah, I think this is probably where they're going. It's where they're yeah. Heading. Hey, what's happening with our reality here you exactly. know roe versus wade got overturned and then they're just like what else can we overturn what other <laughs> archaic laws can we throw out with the bathwater you, you know? know what there's not enough of children in coal mines we should bring those right. all back let's bring all mm-hmm. that back yeah exactly yeah. i don't know it's weird they're safe we've got them a canary it's fine right we know exactly mm-hmm. where they are they're all leashed yeah. together underground <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> Those hopscotch ropes were very expensive, guys. Hey, listen. Wait, hopscotch ropes. What am I trying I to say? I was gonna say I didn't know what that was. <laughs> uh, jump rope. A jump rope. I think. And yeah. Okay. Just like tied, tied together. I mean, I maybe. Oh, maybe that's how uh, modern kids do it uh-huh. is uh, without a rope. But you know, back in my day. Oh right. You know, I'm the oldest one here. Back mm-hmm. in my day, you want to play hopscotch? You got to get yourself a rope. You know. Oh, yeah. One of those typical hopscotch ropes. ropes. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard it on a podcast once. <laughs> Somebody said <laughs> Wow, it's going great. It's going great. Uh, speaking of going great, Stephen, I um, have kind of been in this weird mode recently where I have these little ideas and I'm like, I wonder if this could be a joke. Uh-huh. Uh, so similar to on episode 300 when I ran... Uh, 
three jokes. Oh, right. Those uh, are great. Regarding women right. by essentially you and discounting the, the thoughts and opinions of uh, our female guests. Um, so they I've, loved I've, it. Of course. Of course. Right, How right. could they not? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually came up with the new one and I wanted, oh, okay. to, wanted to run it by you just to see, like, is this a joke? Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Um, goes a little something like this. Do you think a good name for a dog wash would be wet ass puppies? <laughs> would it still be called WAPS? Uh, it could be abbreviated. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Wait, do we decide? I still feel like I'm doing like a racial slur when I say that. Is it WAP? WAP? Uh, is it WAP? On the song, they pronounce it as WAP. WAP. Uh, Got but it. That is also a an Italian That's uh, the slur. But Either way, it just feels bad. Yeah, you know, these dipshits don't even know what that word means, you know, how, how, how you, know, you the, can say the it as puppies? much as they want. The, no, the, the Italian folk, you know, you can just really lean into them real hard. Oh, really? I don't think that's probably a good thing for me to do. Or Is it, that not a good thing? Think, oh, okay. No, 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 mm-hmm. Nope. I want to <laughs> backtrack that whole conversation, actually. But it's not, it's not our fault. It's that it is like this slur that became a popular song that is now going to become an insanely popular dog washing facility. Thank you. That's, mm-hmm. That's the main the thing I was I was right. getting at. Yeah, yeah. And yes. for real, Italians cannot bring their dogs in there. It's just you know, it's gonna. <laughs> but that's only because you're racist. Yes. There. And okay. Why is that so bad? Yeah, why it, is that it, so bad? It, you know. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Once you dislike the correct race, then of course you know everyone's on board with that. Um, no Italian folk are fine. Would there be? Uh, I mean, I know it's puppies, and that is kind of the joke. But you could have a cat washing facility called wet ass pussies right hmm. that doesn't sit right with me oh, and man. honestly steven the fact that you said it is a little <laughs> bit racist so i'm gonna ask you to take some time to reflect okay uh-huh i apologize i no, realize no you have to do it via your notes app oh, and then okay. post it to social media <laughs> you know i posted the other day social media i posted some flower pics I saw that. I haven't posted yeah. in years. I'm going to post some nice flower pics, and the very next day we'd be like, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to delete my account. People are like, what yeah. happened? Yeah. This is a good trajectory for me, I think. I'm not, I'm not great with social media. There you go. Well, look, we've all learned something today, you know? Have we? I don't know. Probably not. I feel like we've unlearned stuff quite a bit, you know? <laughs> we've definitely almost gotten ourselves in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is a great start for us always, and uh, yeah. and you created a business, which is nice. You're stimulating the economy. Yeah, absolutely. I love so, to stimulate. You know, you're really big into it. That's why I'm so puckered mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when it's coming. It's like a shark fin. Oh my god! Out of my toilet. Yeah. Deepest bluest. My hat is like a shark fin, Stephen. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello, cool Jay's masterpiece. Oh, listen, man, don't get me started. I would, uh, I would leave this show right now to go listen to that. It's amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're we're almost to shark season. Is that going to be on your shark movie rotation? I almost watched it the other day. I'm not even joking. It showed up. Really? On, yeah, yeah. It was like, wow. I don't know. It's HBO Max or something right now. For listeners who may that. not be aware, uh, we're talking about the movie Deep Blue Sea, starring yeah. Samuel L. Jackson for a little while, also known as Jaws Two. Jaws Two. The rest of them mm-hmm. don't exist. This is the actual sequel. And people thought it wouldn't work, but man, it does. I thought it was like Jaws, Deep Blue Sea, The Meg, mm. and then, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, I would say Sharknado probably next, but I'm not even a big fan of that movie, so 
Do we yeah. want to leave it out of the rotation, you think? I had this notification from, uh, I think it was like Pluto TV mm. or maybe Tubi, whatever it was. Right. It, it was a little notification that said, hey, be sure to finish watching Atlantic Rim. And I said, <laughs> no, thanks. And I just cleared that notification. That's the quickest I've ever cleared a notification. I said, how dare you? I feel like that kind of app wouldn't let you clear it. They would just keep reminding you every day. Hey, just, yeah. just a reminder. Atlantic Rim is still waiting for you. Uh, must have cleared that one by accident. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> See what poorly acted hijinks they'll get up to next. Exactly. You know? Are, so you're going to finish it? No. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Okay. Uh, the, the main reason I brought that up is because it uh, it's the same company that does the Sharknado movies. Oh, and, I agree. Okay, you yeah. know, like maybe back mm-hmm. in the day, right. I would have uh, buckled down to watch those. It's like... Uh, five sharknado movies i think mm-hmm. if not more yep and i'm like no i just i can't i don't i don't want that don't, for me I don't you know want to mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want your life you know the I asylum don't want your asylum life right yeah. oh my god you don't yeah. need it that's okay no i mean like not even for stunt watching like right. I, I could feel my my hands reaching to my face to rip the skin off of it mm-hmm. just to uh not have to deal with it anymore you know uh fair enough i don't even like to give them a shot those asylum movies so you tried to yeah. strut watch it for the show i appreciate that and you came through it a better man a different a better shark person i think i guess okay yeah. mm-hmm. so you were <laughs> you were physically and mentally altered <laughs> i feel like it, yeah wow <laughs> yeah that's the most traumatizing <laughs> brain injury I've had in the last 12 months. And I fell off a jungle gym. That's right. Yeah. I've been concussed. My brain was bleeding. Doctor said, brains don't like that. I said, yeah, I know. Yeah. I can tell you right, right. now. Mm-hmm. That's That would be a great review for for that movie, though. You should go in Letterboxd and put like, I fell off of a, of a thing and, and broke my head this year. And this is still mm-hmm. the worst brain injury I've, I've experienced. <laughs> This movie's the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. I feel like it's you know, pretty strong, even, but it's good. I didn't even really like Pacific Rim that much, but I even know, like, right? like thinking <laughs> back on it in contrast with Atlantic Rim, no, masterpiece. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. I yeah, did see yeah. a, a thing the other day with Charlie Day about, uh, I think it was on uh, Conan's podcast show on, on YouTube, oh, yeah. and uh, he talked about working with like Guillermo del Toro on this big budget thing and then going back to work with his like friends in this small bar on their TV show and everything and how he brought back like uh, Guillermo-isms to the set and he was like well Guillermo would do it this way and mm-hmm. he and like Conan was like I bet you were that nerd on set that was like oh shut up we know you were in a fucking big movie get out of here but uh, <laughs> he would talk about how Guillermo would like at first be like I want you to just go wild do whatever you want to do and he would do that and then like by the end of the set he'd be like that last take your hand was here and now it was here and he like moved an inch oh, wow. and he was like very specific about it mm-hmm. and uh, uh loving that performance and loving that movie myself i was like oh man i would love to be uh, on the set to see Guillermo do his stuff even if you didn't like it i think it's still at the end of the day you probably would say you're a Guillermo fan right oh yeah for sure for I mean, sure. hellboy if, if anything right mm-hmm. though i haven't seen those movies in quite some time so hellboys? now i wonder yeah mm. <laughs> hellboys with a z <laughs> It's our boy band. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It'd be pretty fucking rad. Can we get Rossin on this? Oh, sure. I think he'd oh, be like anyone you want. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine? 
we can get a situation where uh, eventually like members leave and then we invite a girl into mm-hmm. the group and then all of the uh, the mega heads are like, well, it's hell boys, not hell boys and one girl. <laughs> that's OK, because we would stand against oppression. I feel like yeah, that's true. This band would would much like a, a kiss or a guar. They would dress up as like various versions of the of devil looking characters from from pop culture. So like mm-hmm. one of us could really be Hellboy, which is awesome. But I think I want to call the uh, the demon from uh, Legend. You ever seen that guy? Oh, Tim Curry. I've seen that guy. Right. I've not seen that movie, but I've Dude. seen the yeah big horns. That's what I want to be. Big horns. Big horns. Well, well yeah, baby. I want to be just a longhorn. Okay, you just want to be a cow? Like not not devilish <laughs> at all. Just. <laughs> So it's like a bunch of devils with horns and then one cow with long horns and that's fucking yeah. Brent. You're like, I did not get the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> is this right? We're just being horny guys? Is that is that it? Is that correct? That's what I bring to this. Oh my god. You show up to you like I was gonna say this set. You show up to the set for the music video and you've got like a prosthetic dong on. You're like, I thought this was a porno. I didn't realize what we were doing. I'm just ready to fuck. <laughs> With a prosthetic dong, though. Of course. Well, you didn't want to show it on camera. Oh, I see. Okay. You didn't want to ruin the fantasies of all your legions of fans. Oh, okay. You know what? This makes sense to me. Yeah, I think everything about it makes sense. And and even the prosthetic has fucking little longhorns on it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dong horns? Is this the best outtakes we've ever done? I think so. Potentially. Uh, certainly the most problematic. And then oh, also, absolutely. yeah, it's pretty funny, you know. It's like, no, this is this is the trajectory of a Hollywood star. It's like, they said something a little mm. racist, but damn it, they're pretty funny. That's I how mean, that get, was pretty we good. Back. We got They got to donghorns by themselves, you know? I mean, that's clearly the sync word, right? Donghorns, yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously, got it. How could it Man. not be? Yeah. It's a wonderful invention, and I'm excited for this band and everything about it. This is going to be great, you know? We go on tour, we lock horns on stage, end up Hell tripping yeah. each other over and shit, you know? <laughs> we run at each other, and then, like, the first time, hit heads, and we're like, we cannot do this. <laughs> this is not good for our brains. <laughs> yeah. That's how you spread it around to your friends, though, which is nice. Wait, are you talking about this podcast? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah not good for our way. brains. This is how you spread it, you know, listeners. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good tagline for it. This is how you spread it. This is how you spread it. This podcast is a virus. (laughs) (laughs) Y2K2, baby. Oh, my God. We're bringing it back. (laughs) The first time it did nothing. The second time it's probably going to do, I don't know, something. I don't know. That would totally be a movie, maybe an asylum movie, but also potentially mm-hmm. really good, right? Art Y two K two. That sounds amazing, right? Y two K two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like from from the producers of Fast and the Furious three, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Just that one. Yeah. You know. What if it's spelled Y the number two K and then the Roman numeral two? Oh, just to fuck you up? Just to like, Personally? yeah, just to ruin every everything. And we get we we bring like that '90s thing, like Armageddon with Aerosmith. We bring back a song for the movie. It's fucking oh, yeah. performed by Boys to Men, baby. <gasps> Boys, the number two men. Hell yeah! They have to change it for this. 
for this soundtrack. We don't let them keep the Roman numerals? Nope. Fuck. We had to use it. It was like, we have discussions like, guys, uh, great work. Um, that said, we had to... We, we had to repossess your Roman numeral two. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Here's just a classic number two for you. Try we that on for size. It. No one will ever be confused about your band name being Boys I I Men. Is you that know? how you thought they were pronounced for the majority of your life? You oh, I thought honest. they were into pirates. Yeah, uh, Boys I I Men. It's a it's a pirate adventure about a young mm-hmm. guy, a young kid who goes on adventure of a lifetime. Joins the ranks of pirates and becomes a captain. Right, boys, I, I, men. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that why he has that that classic pirate song. I'll make love to yar <laughs> like you want me tar. Okay, officially best outtakes we've ever done. I don't care. <laughs> this is it. I'm calling it. This is fucking it. it. Only took 302 episodes, but hey, Damn. we got there. We got there. Damn. All right. So, do we want to stick with Donghorns? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. There's right. a lot in there still we can do, but I th- I like Donghorns. This we've really gone on a journey with this one. So damn straight. Where Ooh. will the main show take us? <laughs> Nowhere is near as good as this. This was fantastic. Well, perfect. Good thing yeah. this is at the end. And uh, <laughs> potentially the best part of the show. <laughs> All right. So we will sync with dung horns on okay. three. One, two, three. Dung horns. Excellent. Yeah. Yar. <laughs> Yar. Dung horns. Like you want me tar. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that classic line. Everybody dance to slow dance to it. Prom. Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. L-P.